With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the pandemic drags on, something is becoming increasingly clear. When faced with the option of losing their jobs, even the most hesitant people are getting vaccinated. Vaccination rates are topping 90% in places where workers don't have a choice. NPR's Andrea Shu reports on the forces making that happen. If you've traveled through San Francisco on United Airlines, there's a chance you've met Margaret Applegate. I'm a customer service agent in San Francisco, 29 years. It's a job she loves, even though airline passengers can be a handful. Early in the pandemic, she was happy about everything her company was doing to keep people safe. United even partnered with Clorox to up their cleaning game. So I was feeling very proud of it. And then the minute that they mandated, I didn't feel that proud. She's talking about August 6th, the day United announced its vaccine mandate. Her employer of 29 years was suddenly telling her, get vaccinated or goodbye. Applegate, who's 57, had not gotten the shots. Like many people, she was scared. Scared she'd have a bad reaction because of her heart condition. Scared at how fast the vaccines had been developed and authorized for use. I thought that was a little bit too rushed. It just felt too rushed. Other things weighed on her, too. She had co-workers who had gotten sick. Someone in her own department died from COVID. He was well-known and well-liked and everything. And of course, that hit her very close to home. She wrestled with the decision, trying to make sense of what was most important, what was right for her. Finally, with United's deadline approaching, Applegate made an appointment to get the Johnson & Johnson shot. The technology, she reasoned, had been around longer than the mRNA technology behind the other vaccines. Even then, she remained highly conflicted. She talked to her doctor, her children, and the day before her appointment, her big boss, the head of United at San Francisco Airport. She's just such a motherly person. She's very nurturing. And she did what a mother would do. She offered to accompany Applegate to her appointment. To come with me to get the shot, yes. When she offered, I could not really say no because I thought, wow, one manager does that. She actually generally cares. And so last month, Margaret Applegate became one of the 99.5%. That's how much of United's workforce has gotten vaccinated, not including the couple thousand who applied for exemptions. Other employers with mandates are reporting success as well. Tyson Foods, New York City schools, major hospital systems in Maine, and the NBA all topping 90% vaccinated. Golden State Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins reluctantly gave in after being denied a religious exemption. I feel like the only option was to get vaccinated or not play in the NBA. (laughs) Even in places where there is not yet a vaccine requirement, just the anticipation of one seems to be having an effect. Andre Bastian works as a federal contractor guarding a government building in Washington, D.C. After a slow start and lots of opposition, Almost all of his coworkers are now vaccinated ahead of a December deadline. What it really comes down to is money. Bastion, a former Marine, says private security pays well. It's a job you don't want to lose, and that makes all the difference. People in a higher salary job are, are like, yeah, okay, I'll just bite the bullet and do it. 
At United, Margaret Applegate is relieved to have the decision behind her. She is loved by customers who give her rave reviews. She wasn't ready to quit her job. I was planning on still going strong, maybe even at 70 if I can. As long as health permits, she says. And with the COVID vaccine, she has another layer of protection. Andrea Shu, NPR News. President Biden has ordered 80 million workers in America to get vaccinated or undergo regular COVID testing. The fine print is yet to be worked out. But when that happens, a very small government agency will be in charge of enforcing the rules. NPR's Andrea Shu has more. About a month ago, a question went viral on the Internet. It started on Twitter and then migrated to TikTok. Would y'all report your unvaccinated co-workers for $200,000? That was the question. Would you report your unvaccinated co-workers for an insane amount of money? Well, here were some of the answers. I would report my co-workers for a bag of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I would report them to get out of work five minutes early. I'd report them to get out of work two minutes early. Others said they do it for a basket of Shake Shack fries, a tangled up slinky. I do it for free. I do it for a Starbucks gift card. I do it for a trip to Target. I was not expecting this. That's Ariane Mercedes, who came up with the original post. She's a public policy major at the University of Virginia, and she has a career consulting business on the side. As entertaining as those responses are, the idea of snitching on coworkers is not actually that far from reality. Workers do have a role to play in enforcing workplace rules. If an employee files a complaint, and if they allege a serious hazard, then OSHA wants to get out there as soon as possible. Rich Fairfax is a safety consultant who spent more than three decades at OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. It's the federal agency that sets workplace safety rules and enforces them. He says employees' eyes and ears are crucial because OSHA simply does not have enough inspectors. Nationwide, there are fewer than 2,000 federal and state inspectors. And there's, what, eight or nine million workplaces, so you can do the math. It would be impossible for them to enter every workplace. So in addition to responding to complaints, Fairfax thinks OSHA will just add COVID-related items to inspectors' to-do lists when they're out doing what they normally do, checking up on safety hazards or following up after an incident. You know, I think all the OSHA inspectors will be directed to look into the vaccination status and see what the employer has done. And if a violation is discovered, say there are no vaccination records on file or no testing program set up, well, OSHA can issue a fine up to $13,600 for a serious violation, 10 times that for a willful or repeated violation. But more than the threat of fines, Jordan Barab says it's the threat of bad publicity that gets employers to comply. He was acting head of OSHA under President Obama. Actually, employers told us, you know, OSHA penalties are generally not very much. They're really just part of doing business. What we really don't like is having our names in the press. OSHA issues stern press releases when they discover a company is violating safety rules. Imagine what that might look like. Such and such a business fails to keep its workers safe from COVID-19. Not a good look when the whole country is trying to get past the pandemic. Barrett believes the vast majority of companies will comply with the federal vaccine rule once it's rolled out. But still, he says this is a big moment for OSHA. You know, they've been kind of this uh, small agency that nobody noticed much. And suddenly they're, they're thrown into the spotlight with an extremely controversial policy. A policy they hope will soon be less controversial, given how many workers have now gotten the shots. Andrea Shu, NPR News. 
When the pandemic hit, the Georgia Department of Labor went into overdrive. It continues to face criticism for how it's handled unprecedented numbers of unemployment insurance claims. Mark Butler, a Republican, is the department's commissioner. He says almost overnight, his employees saw their workload explode exponentially. In March of 2020, Butler asked and got permission to buy his workers lunch, partly for safety, partly for efficiency, he says. An Atlanta Journal-Constitution report shows the practice went on for some 15 months at a cost of more than $1.1 million. When the commissioner and I spoke earlier this afternoon, I began by asking if it is true that his department spent that much money on employee lunches. Well, yes, it did, uh, but it didn't happen until we first received guidance uh, from DOAS, uh, which is over that. Uh, We asked them because we had a plan and we informed them at the very beginning. Uh, We told them, said, look, uh, we want to be able to keep people in the office all day, uh, not let them leave so we can reduce Uh, the chances of them bringing the virus back into the building, also uh, to get them to work through lunch. Uh, During the uh, governor's uh, emergency declaration, uh, would it be allowable under those circumstances if, you know, we could purchase lunch? And they came back and they told us that we could and gave us the guidelines, uh, which we followed with a few exceptions uh, that happened through uh, human error. And so you say this is money well spent. Taxpayers got more than they put in by providing these lunches. There's no doubt they did. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have done it. I mean, you're talking. Well, plus, well, first of all, let's back up just a minute. Sure. Besides the practical part. Where you're talking about, did they get something for the money? Absolutely, because we got more hours out of the day of work. But when you're talking about the safety and welfare of your employees, what is that worth? You know, I think, you know, all this stuff has come about. It it just is kind of silly and it's nitpicky and it's being done by people who were not actually doing anything during, um, uh, you know, this crisis. Whereas our folks have sacrificed, have gotten sick. And some have died and they're nitpicking us over us trying to help out, keep people safe over very inexpensive, you know, box lunches in order to help mitigate some of that, which, by the way, we got permission to do in the very beginning. It sounds to me like you're insinuating, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that this may be political. I don't really know what it is. It's kind of caught us by surprise. You you know get permission from one agency, and I think I don't know if you're talking about the audit right now, or if you're talking about the OIG report. Uh, the OIG report is probably the most perplexing of the two. Uh, the actual audit, uh, all it really said was there was a few areas where we had some mistakes and gave us some advice on how to correct those in the future. Uh, whereas the OIG report, uh, which I think people are focusing on, is a big mystery because nobody from um, uh, you know, the OIG's office has actually interviewed anybody uh, over here at the Department of Labor. How can you be sure that they didn't speak to any employee? Because we've asked and we've had people that, you know, we've spread around. They're like, nobody's ever talked to me from them. And so his report is basically his opinion based on his assumptions of what he thought was going on not without any actual investigation. So I think when you call that one an investigation, you're probably being extremely generous because if you're going to investigate somebody and, and look at the, and try to find the facts and, and do a legitimate uh, investigation, you probably might want to talk to the persons that you are investigating. Can you understand the optics at play here? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your opinion. I mean, uh, you know, you're talking about frontline personnel, 
that we are trying to keep safe uh, to bring a massive benefit to the state of Georgia and to the people that need it the most. And so the optics are not really my concern. It's more concerned the fact that we know we did the right thing. You know, if one person didn't get COVID and didn't die from this, I think it's probably, you know, we did the right, you know, we did the right thing. You know, can you put a price on that? Maybe, you know, instead of everybody, you know, throwing rocks and, you know, and, and quite frankly, acting like they're jealous that we did this. I don't want you jealous over these types of lunches. You're not talking luxury lunches here. Okay. I mean, the, I mean everybody's acting like everybody was, you know, kicking back with their, feet on the desk and, you know, having my ties. That's not what's going on. And so really what prob- the problem is, is how people want to spend things for their, you know, political objectives to make it look like what they want you to see instead of what's actually going on. I, I want to uh, interject in, and just for clarification here, because earlier uh, you said you wouldn't speculate as to the motives or whether this was political, but you just did say that there uh, are political undertones here. Based on some of the comments that I've seen people make, you know, they're outraged. I mean, well, I'm outraged that, you know, that uh, we have gotten very little help. Uh, from other state agencies, with the exception of uh, the state patrol, who've been very helpful to us. If you're talking about the fact that our actions by minimizing people's contact with the outside world and minimizing bringing COVID inside our different offices around the state save lives, I just want somebody to come to me and tell me what that what that equates to in money. I, you know, because I'd like to know. I can't put a price on it. Why don't you talk to the nine families that lost lo- lost loved ones out of our agency and see what they think is worth. Mark Butler is the Labor Commissioner for the state of Georgia. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I appreciate it. Do you ever feel like somebody's watching you always? may not be just your imagination. Companies are using a growing number of technologies to monitor. Notice they don't say snoop on you, their employees, during these work-from-home days. Companies like TerraMind, InterGuard, ActiveTrack, HubStaff, and TimeCamp Track everything from how long it takes to respond to an email to periodically taking screenshots of your desktop. If you're uncomfortable with this kind of tracking, you know, there just may not be much to do about it under the law. Alexander Reeve Givens is president of the Center for Democracy and Technology and joins us now. Ms. Givens, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We've listed a couple of things, but I I wonder if you could... um, Tell us about a couple that particularly concern, even chill you. Yes, and we're certainly seeing an increase of the sale of these tools during the pandemic. So we read and hear about tools that track every keystroke that a remote worker is making on their computer, some that take periodic screenshots of a worker's computer screen or check in on their microphone or their webcam to monitor their physical movements. I remember reading one story about a company that marketed this suite of strategies to basically generate a time card every 10 minutes. It would capture what the employee was doing at exactly that point. And one of their workers gave an interview saying, that he had to time his bathroom breaks yeah. so that he wouldn't get caught away from his computer and docked pay for the time during that 10 minutes if he'd stepped away. Forgive me, what if somebody's picking their nose? Right, exactly. I mean, this raises big privacy questions, right? If you think about the perspective of an employee, you're being asked to do work for a company. One hopes that comes with some trust about what you're able to do. But also, I think about all of those workers who aren't working in a private space during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. They might have family in the background when you're taking that picture from a webcam. What do employers want? What do they do with this information? 
So a lot of them, I think, are trying to track productivity. Um, some of them aggregate that information. So they're just trying to understand at a more macro level what apps are employees using, what are some of the trends we're seeing. And they think, okay, well, that makes us feel more comfortable because we're just looking at big picture patterns as opposed to, say, an individual disciplinary decision. But even if this is useful for tracking broader trends, it still really erodes respect for workers and creating examples like people rushing or feeling bad like they can't take a bathroom break has health and safety concerns as well. What do you think is necessary to end this or do companies really want to end it? New laws, new policies? I think one thing is talking about it in four like this. So employers get a gut check for a moment on what they're really asking of their employees. Sadly, right now, the law doesn't have all that much to say about these tools. There are, of course, workplace safety laws. So to the extent that this impacts people's ability to go to the bathroom or for somebody with disabilities, if they're not being accommodated because of the surveillance in their space, there's a potential legal violation there that employers do need to pay attention to. Right now, we don't think about the home as a workplace that much. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. OSHA, as it's called, focuses much more on, on factory settings, et cetera. But we need to update that for the 21st century and make sure that workers are protected wherever they're doing the work. Should people occasionally cover the, uh, the eye of the camera, the microphone on their laptop when they're not working? Yeah. I mean, I think in instances where... Or even technology- when they are, I suppose, yeah. Right. So one does have the choice to do that. I think in those environments where a tracking tool has been deployed or you think a tracking tool might have been deployed, there the workers really do need to be asking questions of their employers to the extent that they can, challenging what is this information being collected for and why. But also that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of worker privacy issues. We can think about different instances of employers looking at workers' social media feeds, for example, to see what they're talking about outside of work. And you think about the impact that has on people's free expression or the ability to organize as a union, for example. You can think about instances where employers have gotten access to people's Fitbit information and their health tracking information. There are a lot of companies that have incentive programs for people to share that data with their bosses. All of those help, again, reflect this imbalance of power between employers and workers and just how much we can be quantified and tracked. And we really need to raise more awareness about this, help workers push back, and hopefully fight for some legal interventions too. Alexander Reeve Gibbons is president of the Center for Democracy and Technology. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Facebook and its group of apps and social media channels went down for most of this day. William Brangham looks at the latest, all of it coming on the eve of another difficult congressional hearing for the social media giant. That's right, Judy. Um, Facebook's app and its website, along with Instagram and WhatsApp, went dark for several hours today. And at this moment, they appear to be slowly coming back up. The cause of the outages still haven't been explained. But for the more than three billion people in the United States and abroad who use these apps to communicate and to do business, these outages were a huge disruption and a reminder of these apps' influence. Shira Frankel of The New York Times reports on Facebook extensively and has been following this all day. She's the co-author of An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's Battle for Domination. Uh, Shira, great to have you back on the NewsHour. Can you help us understand what is it that happened today? So starting at about 9 a.m. Pacific today out here in California, 
Facebook and its family of apps went down. That includes Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus. These are platforms that, as you said, impact over 3.5 billion people. And for several hours, no one, including the security engineers at Facebook, knew what was going on. This was amplified by the fact that Facebook's own um, internal communications were down. So it wasn't just that we couldn't access Facebook.com. Facebook engineers couldn't get into their own emails and they couldn't even access their own buildings in many cases. Is there any evidence, I mean, this is what we always think of when these kinds of things happen nowadays, that this was a hack of some kind? At this point in time, we don't see evidence that this was a hack. We spoke to nearly a dozen engineers that are working within Facebook, many of them directly to fix this. And they said that it's extremely unlikely that a hack would be able to have this kind of impact, that it would take down all these Facebook apps at the same time. What was a lot more likely and what seems to have happened was that it was an internal update rolled out by Facebook that just went very badly and which it took them many, many hours to try and fix. Okay, for the skeptics out there who say, why are we even paying attention to this? Can you just remind us of the stakes here that billions of people use these apps and they're not just teenagers sharing pictures and videos of their friends? Absolutely. Well, we hope they're not just teenagers sharing pictures of them and their friends, given all the reporting the Wall Street Journal did last week on the effect of Instagram on teenagers. Facebook is largely used by businesses all over the world. We have to remember that in countries ranging from Sri Lanka to Myanmar to Indonesia, Facebook is the way people do business. And WhatsApp is a way that people do business. We spoke to shop owners all over the world today who said that their businesses were effectively shut down because people could not get to their Facebook pages and because they could not use WhatsApp to message people. We also spoke to people who couldn't reach family members, who couldn't reach elderly family members in other parts of the world because WhatsApp was down. So this is something that people use. It is is practically a utility um, in many parts of the world and in many people's lives. And as you say, that um, Facebook in many places is is in some places a a stand-in for the internet. It is the vehicle by which people get onto the internet. Um, this comes uh, for people who've been paying attention to this at an incredibly inopportune moment for Facebook. We saw last night. On 60 Minutes, a whistleblower came forward who you referenced who's been arguing that Facebook has not been doing enough to tamp down on some of the, what it knows to be damaging uh, impact that its website has on teenagers. Um, this also comes after a year plus of scrutiny about their behavior and whether they've cracked down on hate and misinformation that you reported in your book. Um, and then hearing coming tomorrow on Capitol Hill. I mean, this is, they are in the crosshairs as much as possible on the very day that their website goes down. You couldn't really think of worse timing as far as Facebook is concerned for people to be going to Google and Twitter and putting in there what is wrong with Facebook or what is the problem with Facebook, because they're going to come back with hundreds of articles that were written in the last week pointing to really deep systemic problems within Facebook. You just touched on many of those in your question, the ways in which Instagram is bad for teenagers, the way in which Facebook as a platform has promoted hate speech and misinformation. These are things that journalists have been writing about for years, and as you know, which we covered in our book, which came out this summer. But we now have a whistleblower who's come forward with internal documents showing that Facebook was sitting on research, showing, showing sorry, just how bad the platform was, just how many harms the platform was causing. And despite that research, they continued to make decisions which amplified hate speech, which increased the amount of misinformation people saw and which marketed their product towards teenagers, which we know are incredibly sensitive to the harms of Instagram. 
Uh, I know that this is not air traffic control. This is not missile defense. This is not a hospital. But as you said, there are plenty of examples in which Facebook is a vital ability for people to get onto the Internet. But it is a little bit alarming, I think is fair to say, that something as simple as this glitch that you're describing that could be what happened here could take down such a central part of the Internet. Absolutely. And I think it shows us the danger of Facebook having such a large role to play in the infrastructure of the Internet. I mean, one thing I I hadn't said before, which people should also consider, is that many people use Facebook to log into other apps. They use it to log into their smart home systems, like their smart TVs or even their smart thermostats. So when Facebook went down, people couldn't access basic things around their house. I mean, this is a mega internet company that touches on so many different aspects of your lives. And in, in some way, it takes Facebook going down in this really sort of catastrophic and immense way for people to understand just how many parts of their lives this company touches on. Indeed. Um, Shira Frankel, always good to see you from the New York Times. Thank you very much for being here. Now at six, uh, San Francisco jury walloped Tesla with a $137 million verdict in a racial discrimination lawsuit. This lawsuit claims African-American employees were subjected to racial slurs and other threatening behavior. KPIX 5's Devin Feely spoke to the whistleblower about what he experienced at the Fremont plant. The former worker and whistleblower says that he was confronted with taunts and threats, the N-word and racist graffiti on the factory floor each day. He says that this lawsuit and the verdict is about holding Tesla accountable. I was told I was going to be killed in the factory. I'm going to shoot you. Um, I'm, I was told, you know what, go back to Africa. Owen Diaz says racial slurs and threats of violence were near everyday occurrences at the Tesla factory. And he says the jury's $137 million verdict is vindication. I'm happy that we're finally able to get a light in on, on Tesla and their practices. You know, I want this to let be less about me and more about what's going on inside of Tesla. Owen was a contract employee at Tesla in 2015 and 16. He says he repeatedly reported racist and threatening behavior by co-workers at the factory, but claims that management often turned a blind eye to the behavior. Tesla disputes those claims, arguing that they fired two employees and suspended a third. Vice President Valerie Capers Workman wrote in an open letter to employees in response to the verdict, while we strongly believe that the facts don't justify the verdict reached by the jury in San Francisco, we do recognize that in 2015 and 2016 we were not perfect. We're still not perfect, but we have come a long way from five years ago. We continue to grow and improve in how we address employee concerns. Civil rights attorney Larry Oregon says the jury's verdict is about accountability. The message is that racism in the workplace in the form of the N-word and swastikas and picking any drawings is unacceptable. Owen says he hopes the verdict will force Tesla to reform its workplace culture so that others are spared the abuse he suffered. You knew um, that racism was going on in your factory. You could have stopped. You could have retrained everybody, but that's not what he chose to do. Tesla has not officially announced whether or not it will appeal this decision, although that seems likely. If it does, it will be up to a judge to decide whether or not to uphold the jury's original verdict or perhaps reduce the amount of monetary damages. In Fremont, Devin Feely, KPIX5. What, what, is, what is the uh, picking any caricatures?
Does anybody know what that is? Pickaninny caricatures. I read about this report and actually had dialogue with a cow's listener about this Tesla report this week. So it sounded like old news. None of the other reports that I saw mentioned anything about Piccaninny caricatures. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Break out the iPhone. Let me get a picture. What does a Piccaninny caricature look like? Too much censorship. Let's, you know, get it all out in the light of day. What's done in the dark shall come to the light. Context of white supremacy, Gusty Renegade, in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, October 8, 2021. So I have been told this is our weekly forum on neutralizing workplace racism. If they are drawing caricatures of pickaninnies on your job. This is the place to go. Or actually, I don't know. I don't know what a picking any caricature is. So I would, be, I would be learning something. Maybe you could share the images if you took a photo so I could learn. The number to dial if you have thoughts, observations is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Number again, seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Email untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. Feel free to share if you have figured out some things that work well on the job to solve problems, neutralize folks who are drawing pickaninnies, get all that taken care of without any issues. Let us know how you did it. Uh, you can drop an email or dial in. Certainly, if you're having difficulties being mistreated, wage theft, whatever it is, uh, let us know, and we will do our best to use counter-racist logic, attempt to solve problems without creating new problems. I uh, had a list of things that we did not hear in the audio reports because so many things took place this week. I will share one now. I'll weave in the West as we go, the rest as we go, as well as uh, some of the emails that we got as well. The first thing, uh, Elizabeth Holmes Norton, folks have been following the trial, at least some people, a white woman accused of lying, stealing billions uh, of dollars, mostly from other white people. Uh, she's on trial in California currently. One of the things that happened this week in the trial, they talked about emails between she and her so-called lover in the workplace, uh, who's also a part of the trial, and probably talk about that later. Uh, but they looked at some of the emails between them, trying to assess culpability. They're no longer so-called lovers, so now she's blaming him and all the rest of it. 
Uh, and so they looked at uh, text messages from back when they were lovers, not a married couple. Even some reports were talking about how these text messages would not be permissible if they were married, have different legal status for folks who are married. If nothing else for me, that was a great illustration, no hanky-panky in the workplace for many, many reasons. Like in this instance, just because we get along today and can get to the bedroom and have a little fun does not mean we will even be on speaking terms by 10 minutes. You've got a while. I was going to say next week, but I mean, sometimes, man, all that uh, is done by the time the song is done. So it is a horrendous idea to be involved in some sort of sexual arrangement. I wouldn't care if it's you, another black person. That's totally irrelevant. That is a horrible idea. Uh, I've seen lots of illustrations where that can go really bad. Even if you all are great, you get along well and there is no breakup. You end up getting married and, and being married for 50 years. Whoopee. The other put the gossip. Gossiping and all that. Apparently, Elizabeth Holmes, they were discreet. Apparently, most of the employees did not know that this was going on. They even asked about that. You know, were they, did they flirt and hold hands in the world? Nope. Lots of folks said this is the first time they even knew. Even if you can do all that, it is a horrible idea. I said, well, this person is really that cool. You or they should find another job. No hanky-panky in the workplace. Uh, so the clips, things that we actually did here, the first segment that they started with, and just as someone who listens to the news on a regular basis, that clip sounded like propaganda. When I mean propaganda, this is something that may or may not be factually correct, but we are intending to persuade how you think about something. That's what it sounded like to me. Propaganda is not necessarily a bad thing. They have propaganda to uh, brush your teeth. That's a constructive thing. I brush my teeth. Everybody should brush their teeth. They have propaganda to floss. I floss. That's good. You know, right on. Propaganda for other things you should think about. Now, is this constructive? That notwithstanding, I could be an error. Uh, they talked about a female getting vaccinated. She had questions, reasonable questions, as the way that they were presented. And they said, hey, you know, they're forcing it and I don't want to quit my job. And I explained it to my manager and she, she said she cares about it. She said, would it make you feel better if I come with you? Now, I reflected on many of the bosses that I've had. Having any of them accompany me to get a COVID vaccine would not make me feel any better at all. And I've had some supervisors that were non-white very constructive. We had a great relationship the entire time. It would not make me feel better at all. In fact, I could even see some of them saying that exactly would it make you feel better. Like, no, brother, it would not <laughs> at all. If I'm in that way of thinking, like, what is that going to do? Like, that's good. And they came back with that same metaphor, family and all the rest of it. I said regularly that that is also like propaganda when they say family, because when they get ready to fire you, they don't say, come on, brother. We've got some sad news, brother. They don't say that, it's Mr. Mr. Gus. <laughs> they get real formal. It's not a family at all, then. They're not motherly. 
They're denying you that promotion. It's not brother and sister. I don't want someone from my job sounding motherly about medical decisions anyway, or brotherly, fraternal. Next, let's see. Now, they had the report asking about snitching. Now, they always uh, tar black people as saying, oh, man, you know, black people, no snitching. That's why they got all that crime. They won't tell on their fellow brothers. Not they're killing all the brothers and sisters in the street, and they just can't cooperate with the man. See, they've been saying that about us for years, decades at this point. Workplace situation. Snitching, snitching, snitching. We are ready to go tell, ready to. And incidentally, if you if they have a, ma- a vaccine mandate, if the person is not vaccinated, that would not, in my view, that's not snitching. I'm just supporting incorrect behavior. This could be a health problem. That's not snitching, in my opinion. You have to come up with a different definition for that. But robust, you know, people, I would do this. If anything, for me, that was another one I would not discuss vaccine status in the workplace, whether you're vaccinated, whether you're unvaccinated. Certainly, if you are unvaccinated, if you heard that report, you do not want to share that with anyone. You don't want to post that on social media, nothing else. You got a bogus vaccine card. Keep that to yourself. Snitching proudly. And I'm sure some people say, and that's not even snitching. If you think that's a health concern or what have you, if they have a policy and this person is not abiding by it, that's not snitching. Uh, let's see. Next, they talked about safety. That word safety was used a lot. They have all this software, and they've been saying this for over a year at this point. All this technology, because so many people uh, or a number of people at least are being allowed to work from home or a hybrid, that type of thing. So we got to have software to make sure you're not just on YouTube, you know, watching Shaft or whatever all day long. And so, man, screenshots, which apps are you using? Who knows? It could be anything. Keyboard, uh, keystrokes, you know, all of that. Uh, if it is their device, I don't care. I use this as though this is not my device. Now, I would care about if they have the camera and they're doing the screenshot. I would care about that for all the reasons that they shared. You know, if you have other family members present, can I get up and go to the restroom for a moment? Can I bend over if I drop a pen? If they take a snapshot at that moment and it looks like nobody's sitting there because I'm under the desk trying to get a paperclip, like, does that count against me? Like, yeah, it lots of reasons. And that's one where some folks said, like, if that's what it's going to be, I'm cool. I'll come into work. No problem. I'm not <laughs> that sort of invasion uh, of my home space. Like, you got to be kidding. Uh, if anything, if you have their device, it would be used, like, exclusively for work purposes, closed, I mean, completely turned off, put back in whatever travel case that they probably gave you with the device, and then I'm storing it in the closet, the garage, if you can, hopefully, wherever that you can store where it is secure and it is far away from you and your residence as possible until you need to use it again. It would have to be a very strict code. No watching porn in the workplace or on their devices. Make it plain. 
No, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be going to check the news. Like, forget porn. I wouldn't even be going to the New York Times. Like, I wouldn't want them knowing which news reports I read, which news sites I go to, which sites I go to, period. When they check the web browsing history, and you know they do, when you turn the device back over to them, everything, wow, this coon just went to workplace sites. Nothing. Not one coon flick, not nothing. That's the way it should always go. Not my device. Again, that uh, possessive adjective. Not my device. If you get a phone, tablet, whatever, it's not mine. I keep that in the forefront of my usage at all times. And a lot of these devices have cameras on them now, so they might even be watching while you use it. I would keep that in the forefront of my mind at all times. Uh, let's see. The Facebook going down probably get discussed again, but that did have a huge impact on a number of businesses. There were many reports all over the world, billions of people, uh, traffic and promote material, Gusty included, uh, using Facebook and or use Instagram for the same purposes and or use uh, WhatsApp, as they said, to communicate, uh, check in with different folks uh, around the world or wherever uh, and to have all of that out for hours uh, this past Monday. Huge impact, I am sure, on a large number of folks. Uh, if anything, I would hope there weren't too many people who had some sort of smart device or security apparatus connected to their Facebook. Like, wow, that is, uh, I don't think there is a social media app that could ever be created ever. <laughs> Even if there was a system of justice, I would be reluctant to have some sort of social media application like connected to me being able to enter my residence, even the attic in my residence. Like, are you serious? Hopefully no cows listeners were in that position, but that was a major uh, disruption uh, for the week. Social media shut down for most of Monday. Uh, let's see the final report with uh, Tesla victim of racism <sighs> go back to africa nigra picking any drawings i'm sure this will be uh disputed and the like if anything another example of why it's so important to keep your composure even if they're calling you nigra and go back to work keep your composure now when it comes to they said in the report that they said they're going to shoot you totally different. That's not one to lose your composure. In my opinion, that's one. It should be a police call. Any other environment, if you weren't in work at work, if you were someplace and someone said, I'm going to shoot you here. I think for most people, that would be a police call. Like that's a serious threat. Terroristic threat. In fact, with everything that's happening at the schools and what have you, that would be a police call. I would call the police. If someone said that to me and, you know, I don't know this, or even if I didn't know, them, they say this to me with malice intent. Oh, yeah, that's a police call threatening my life. I would, and we talked about this before because we've heard this lots. Race soldiers threatening non-white people, even in the workplace, sometimes even other non-white people. I say it staunchly. I don't care what the workplace policy is. This is, you know, United Independence, so you do, you know, whatever. But, I mean, for safety's sake, once it gets to threatening violence, that is nothing, 
nothing to play with. In fact, that's in Gavin DeBecker's book. Once you have people where they start talking about violence, joking about violence, they're brandishing a firearm, anything in that department, oh, oh, that is super serious. You take that person extra serious. They meant every syllable of what they said. Document, if you have witnesses, police call. That is a police report immediately. And in the workplace, if they don't like it that you call the police or what have you, you can give it to me. I check policy and procedure. What should I do if someone tells me they're going to shoot me while we are on workplace property? I should do what? And then I'll see if it makes logical sense for my safety. Safety, that word again. Uh, and then the picking any characters. Yeah. If we get help on, I would like if they uh, post those images. I'm sure photographs were taken. Those probably were a part of the lawsuit. Let me see what the picking any caricatures are. It's 2021. That's what we're doing. Picking any. Uh, read one email and then we'll get to folks who dialed in. Until justice at gmail.com. Okay, email number one. Let's see. I think this might be a series. Uh, our victim, King Cobra, male victim of white supremacy. All righty. Hello, Gus. I am a prime trucking school. I am at prime trucking school in Springfield, Missouri. 88.07% white, 4.36% black. And let's just say over here, racist man, woman, and child take no days off. I am enrolled in their CDL program, and as a student, we get free meal cards. They groused about that during our uh, opening. I am vegan right on. Love it, love it, love it. Speaking of health, I am vegan with the exception of eating honey. Save the bees. Prime Trucking School prize their sale on healthy choices, so I was shocked when I got here and struggled to find food. Today, I got my garden salad, and I went to my room. They provide me at a motel which is infested with drugs and prostitution. What? What kind of vice? <laughs> Goodness. Uh, honestly, Springfield, Missouri is full with that, and the majority of the people doing the drugs and prostitution are considered white. I will send you pictures of the bug, which I believe to be a roach in my food, and I will send the text message I sent to my school. I believe you to be a great role model and to have constructive information, so I would like your opinion on whether my response was codified enough and if you have any critiques. Let's see. Uh, all right. Oh, we got the message. We got the message. Let's see. All right. Okay. Trying to make it a little. Same lunch lady who did not seem to care about my accommodations smashed a bug on my food. I did not say anything because I did not want to stand out and cause problems or be targeted. I'll just pause right there. Um, I'm not saying you did anything incorrect. I'm just saying in a system of white supremacy, I think there are many 
individuals classified as white who would have a conniption if they went to get something they planned to eat and the server put a bug in or just there was a bug in it, period, whether they put it there, smashed, whatever, it would be grout. I mean, you have seen the number of white people who have assaulted flight attendants and all the nigger boy is there's a roach in my or whatever. Just saying white people, I think they are totally acceptable and ready to get angry if that type of thing happens with their food or lesser things. Continuing. <clears throat> I started to get food at the millennial building and they often would run out of the food that I could eat. And that left me to outsource for my meals, which I should not have to if I have a free meal card. Today, I got my garden salad and took it back to the room and it has bugs in it. Ugh. This is a health and safety concern. That word again, I have no idea if I've been eating bugs this whole time. I've been violated and I also feel like based on my religious views, I'm not being taken seriously. There is more time and effort put to prepping unhealthy meals and a healthy lifestyle at this school. I will not be going back to the cafe because it is coming on my bedtime and I have to be up early for school. I, uh, oh, oh, last part. I will send a picture. The bug looks like a roach. So disgusting. Oh, next message. Next one. Uh, okay. First, first off, I would like to say I have been having a difficult time regarding finding healthy and safe food to eat at Prime. I was led on to believe the school was all about health conscious eating choices, but upon my arrival, this has not been my experience. I do not eat any meat or anything containing animal products. It does not align with my religious and spiritual views. Uh, just the thought, I may leave that out, although that has come up a lot with COVID-19. I might not include that. I don't know what the environment is because that might invite questions as to what your religion is and all of that, and that should be irrelevant. Just this is, you know, I don't eat such and such, and that's that. Uh, uh, the first day I went to the cafe, I could not find any selections that would contribute to a well-balanced meal one of the lunch ladies was not helpful at all when I explained to her my situation. I've talked to a wonderful woman in the orientation office that pulled some strings, and she told me they would be prepping me a special meal. I had second thoughts about this, judging their attitudes in the lunchroom regarding my accommodations. Me too. The next day, like the woman promised me, there was a special meal prep for me, and then there were bugs in the salad. I read it out of order, but we got it all. Uh, I think, yes. Oh, and then we got the, oh, we do have the pictures. Uh, do not eat any food in a workplace unless you bring it yourself. Now, I know this is special circumstances where you're in some sort of training program or what have you, and the meal is supposed to be provided for you. That's like really, but I mean, wow, like food is so crucial. If you don't eat, you die. You eat bad food. They've been talking about that obesity. We just had the report on that. Like, 
eating bad food, eating unhealthful food, it has an impact, even has an impact on your immune system. They just talked about that amongst lots of other things. Bugs in my food, let me get my own food and y'all can compensate me or give me a meal stipend where I can get my own food and that way I don't have to worry about this because I mean, this is absurd. You can't even, what kind of, in fact, I would be probably thinking about calling uh, the Department of Health. Uh, you have photographs on what have you of what happened and just report to them. Let them do an inspection. Maybe they'll get shut down or, you know, get their act together, but maybe give them a call with a picture and report what happened to you. Uh, with regards to the food, uh, I just, <laughs> I said, I literally said before I even wrote this, no eating any food unless you bring it to the workplace yourself. Unless you have, I think, call him for, like he said, his mother works with him. All right. <laughs> if you work with your mom and she brings you some food, fine. If that's not the case, I'm good. I don't care if I'm starved, I'm good. Presumably, you're employed, so you should have at least a nickel or two to get your own food. So, no, I'm good. Not a beverage, box of crackers, M&Ms, I'm good. minimizing the opportunity for white people to put things in our mouth. And we're still with COVID and all that. So I'm of the opinion it shouldn't be, you know, potluck dinners and, oh, I think these muscles at home and, oh, oh, it's holiday time. It's holiday time too. We can go ahead and get started right now. That foolishness, like, hey, that is a great reason. We're not doing any of that. You all can bring in all of your holiday cookies and turkey legs and all that other not. I'm not doing any of that. I'd be very clear about that. And I would talk to COVID-19, Delta variant, who knows what's going to happen this fall, this winter. I'm not participating in any of that out of concern for my health and safety. That's all you have to say. Because I'm pretty sure with all the chicanery that's been happening, that'll probably be back full force over the next three months or so. Halloween, I've already seen the Halloween candy uh, and nonsense and eggnog and all that. That is not appropriate under a health pandemic, which is still happening. All you have to say, I'm not doing any of that. Uh, in terms of uh, what you did, correct it sounds codified, accurate, uh, did as best you could. I just wouldn't need any. I mean, it's, it's been, as you said, like, man, these folks have not shown themselves to be professional, sanitary in any way. I don't know how many opportunities I give to put something on my plate in my mouth. I would just request, you know, a gift card. Or just compensate me outright. Like this, I give you a bill. I can go to the grocery store and get food or whatever, order whatever, and just here's the bill. Reimburse me since, you know, we couldn't do food in a sanitary, safe, get to do the double S. Sanitary, safe manner. This will be our compromise. Compensatory. Number again is 720-716-7300. The code five six. Four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. If you have thoughts for King Cobra, uh, your own situation you would like to share, uh, we will get to the phone line. Let's see. Uh, Mo in Dallas. Get to other folks uh, as I see hands. Uh, Mo in Dallas, do you have commentary, sir? 
Uh, yes, sir, I do. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, greetings, Gus. Uh, greetings, listeners and callers. Thank you for the program. Um, uh, in, re- in, in reference to King Cobra and, uh, uh, and, and his um, issues with his school, um, I think he, he, he was very well codified. Um, the only modification that I would make, um, and this is uh, from my uh, personal um, experience, and I heard it third hand, I would not um, uh, bring up my religion um, as a basis for why I won't do anything. I would just say it's a personal preference. And the reason why is because if you bring up, you know, uh, anything religious in that, when I brought up something religious in a workspace, I say it that way. Um, it, it just brought up questions about my religion practices, you know, and that's, and that's personal itself. So it all goes under, under, under the umbrella of personal preferences or things I don't partake in. Um, uh, my personal, um, uh, workplace racism, uh, anecdotes, uh, over the past maybe few weeks or so. Um, there were rumors in my workplace about uh, uh, the, the the mandate, uh, the federal mandate for uh, for for the the inoculation. And um, uh, amongst uh, upon hearing the rumors, uh, my uh, counter racist muscle memory um, just took an effect. I, I immediately started um, seeking. Um, other avenues to to compensate for this one. I, I felt like I was going to get forced out uh, simply because I haven't actually been hired here. I've, I've been contracting for two years um, and it's a one year, uh, <laughs> it is a one year contract minimum before you get hired. I've been here for two. So I don't think they want me here uh, along with the fact that it took me an absorbent amount of time to receive my security code, certain clearances um, and you know, witnessing people who came into the facility, uh, you know, other black people who I think are um, more in line with the way they prefer, uh, or more, I guess, more in line. I thought I was pretty good, but they were hired and I wasn't, so I figured no. Um, with that, there came a meeting about uh, the rumor I heard, and um in the meeting, I thought it was very interesting. They had a, um, we had an email informing us about the meeting and they had pictures. It was a Zoom meeting and it was our cross campuses. So it was sort of an interstate, interconnected state meeting. And the questions were very, uh, we had a, a question uh, scroll that you could comment if you had um, issues and the uh, proctor would acknowledge them. Uh, they were very, what I, from what I saw, the coworkers were very rude to this black uh, proctor as if she was the one who was actually giving the mandate. They were asking her questions and it was all very, very hostile. Um, and I also noticed she was on the call doing majority of the speaking, but she had a, a white male who was kind of guiding her uh, along through the meeting, like telling her when to move forward and things of the sort. Um, 
how this relates to me after the meeting, um, uh, well, during the meeting, the, the, at the end of the meeting, it was explained, if you do not choose to participate um, in the inoculation, uh, the, the, the job, the employer would, uh, would receive that as, in a response, as a response of a voluntary resignation. Um, and at the same time, they're telling you they're not forcing you to make a choice. <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately, um, I've found uh, a better employer. Um, I um, have already started my uh, paperwork for the employer. It is an actual company. Um, it, it, it is under capacity and I don't, uh, under vaccination capacity, I'll say it that way. I think it's less than 100 people. And I'm hoping that um, this next plantation uh, uh, treats me fair or better, not fair, well, uh, like a white person, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, but I, if, if anything, I hope that they will not force any or obligate me to uh, receive any medical procedures to feed my family. Um, if, if that is the case, I will... I'll find somewhere else, hopefully. Uh, thank you. I'm in my line. Wow. Much obliged, Mo in Dallas. Excellent compensatory actions uh, to be kind of looking forward so that, you know, the snare, the traps uh, do not get you. Like, hey, this plantation does not look like they want me to be here anyway. I'm not exactly moving up the ladder and all the rest of it. I've been here, contract hire for two years, only supposed to be contract for one, and they still didn't pick me up. Like, okay, I will compensate. Excellent. That is way better than being stunned, surprised, you get let go. Please let me stay, that type of a thing. Like, already relocating, no problem. And then the whole COVID thing just adds to it. I have heard similar reports where it's some sort of uh, virtual meeting and a black person is supposedly in charge and people are hostile, humiliating, not listening, demeaning, all of the above or some combination that seems to be I mean, on par with what would happen like in person as opposed to the Zoom uh, phenomenon uh, and then having a white male kind of, uh, I guess, guiding her through this. Uh, if he's supposed to be the one to facilitate, make sure we don't get bogged down on one person who wants to yell and fuss. What do you mean we got to wear this mandate, coon? Take it in here trying to tell us, you know, like she set the pot. Even that, like, I'm sure this company does not have a black CEO. I'm sure. They had reports about that this week, talking about most of the uh, CEOs and such are white. Like that fella who was, you know, let's, all right, move along to next person. <laughs> It's a white man and or a white woman. But knowing it's going to be all this hostility, probably from a lot of white people, uh, about this mandate, we'll get some black person. Yes, yes. We'll hire this will diversity in the name of George Floyd. We'll hire a black person and she will be in charge. You can make the announcement about the mandate. Let them stomp and curse at you. And then we'll have a white man to referee. Make sure they don't give each person equal opportunity to verbally lash you about this vaccine policy policy that you, meaning this black female, 
did not institute. Classic. Do it all the time, racists do. Uh, but bravo in uh, relocating, getting a new plantation, and just trying to do the best that you can for your health, well-being. Man, uh, much obliged. Mo in Dallas. Let's see. Oh, and right on for the recommendation for the person who wrote in uh, about sharing religious information. I think that, too, because I and like what you were saying, like that opens up inquiry, like beyond today. That's the sort of thing like you bring up, you know, because of my religion, I don't eat this. And then they come back like a week later. Oh, wow. I heard you were, were talking about some of your spiritual practices last week. Can you tell me more? That type of thing. Regular, like what do you eat? How long have you been practicing? You have all these questions and questions and questions like as little information as possible. That's generally the way that I try to think in terms of what you want to share. As little information as possible. I'm eating this food or I can't eat this food out of health and safety concerns as opposed to religion. That's the way I would go. Uh, let's see. Number again, seven. 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. See, I work on some of the other emails while folks are spectating. Again, no spectating, especially with all the you know what to say, zaniness happening in the workplace. Like, oh my goodness, if you have educators, man, have you been threatened, terrorized? Had to call for, you know, enforcement officers or what have you. Like, it's been craziness in so many different fields. Like, should not be spectators. Lots of observations on what is happening in your workplace and, you know, how you are adjusting your counter-racist code to keep you safe if need be. Uh, let's see. Continuing, I think uh, we have three separate emails from King Cobra alone. So we'll have updates, see what else happened during his busy week uh, until justice at gmail.com. Let's see. All right, so email number two. Oh, and we got a response. Let me make sure I, I don't know why my screen is sized a little odd here, but we will compensate for that too let's see all right uh this uh what he the email that he just sent us he's talking about can be considered workplace racism because the truck driving school is also my job for sure it's training they sent me a message reply and the subject did not say health and safety concern this made me sit back and think i sent them a message back in for the subject i put health and safety. And remember, if you choose to include this in the segment, I'd like to be referred to as King Cobra for sure. All right. King Cobra, I was made aware of your experience here at the cafe, and I would first like to extend my sincerest apologies to you for the experience you had. I would also like to invite you to come to the cafe when you have the opportunity to speak to me in person. I am working on updating our options to our menu to give a broader option to our drivers and associates 
that better accommodate dietary and religious needs. If you would be willing to sit down with me, I can go through our current options to let you know what would be available to you, and I can also work on preparing separate meals for you myself in the, if the need arises. I am committed to giving healthier options to everyone who comes through the cafe, and I hope we can rectify your experience and change it to a good one. Hmm. Now, one, I don't know if I'd want to go back to eat at a cafe where they got bugs and such, much less he said that the server smashed the bug on the food. Like, yeah, this has kind of gone beyond just y'all only have ham and bacon sandwiches. He writes back, I would first like to start off and say I am very disappointed about how this situation was handled. When I first called to try to get information regarding the incident, and who to speak with, everyone kept on saying, I can't talk to you about that. I am not the person to talk to you about that. Regarding the health and safety incident with the prepared food, but then the next day, everyone who was not involved in food prep had something to talk to me about. I do not understand why it has taken so long for someone in the cafeteria to get back with me, which I am pretty sure is not the correct protocol. I do not feel like I am being taken seriously or my religious beliefs are either. I am not interested in having another conversation just because based on the events that have taken place in and out of the cafeteria, I feel it would not be genuine. All I would like is the correct health and safety protocols to be followed, also to be treated with respect. Since I arrived at Prime, it was not what I expected. The majority of the employees I met here have been extremely unprofessional. I'm not sure if all these recurring things are just a coincidence or am I being targeted? I just would like a trainer so I can hurry up and continue my learning process and I will not have to deal with these incidents. talked repeatedly about how frequently non-white people will be denied access to training or will be trained in an inadequate kind of shabby manner so they don't really grasp the totality of their job or how to do it efficiently in my view this would qualify if you you know terrorize me i can't even get food i mean something that essential you terrorize me with the food repeatedly during the training so that I got to waste my time as opposed to just focusing on getting my CDL. It's going to be great. Starting a new career. No, I got to grouse and write emails and take pictures of flies in my food and what kind of roach is this and all this other nonsense. In addition to, oh man, I still don't have any food to eat. Inadequate training sort of thing happens all the time. System of white supremacy. Sometimes that is enough. Just some nigra is here training means he's thinking about moving up ambitious nigger make my stomach hurt will make his stomach hurt too that type of thinking let's see uh so we should have at least one more update we'll read that uh number again 720-716-7300 p code 564 
pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Can I be heard? Greetings, retired firefighter in Florida. Greetings, Gus. Uh, uh, down here in uh, the city of Miami-Dade County, uh, there are teachers in Miami-Dade County who are predators, uh, to be exact, for this week, this week alone, uh, have been uh, allegedly uh well, they've been arrested allegedly for uh, sexual um, having sexual contact with uh, students. I think the oldest of the students were middle school age, <laughs> and two of the suspects actually are females. One of them, I noticed when she got out the car. Uh, was pregnant, looked to be about eight or nine months pregnant. Uh, I don't know if the victims were, uh, or any of the victims were non-white. I don't know. Uh, they probably wouldn't uh, reveal such a thing anyway uh, for, for anybody's observation. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, suspects is a black male, was a black male. Uh, and the other three could be considered to be white people of the uh, suspected predators. Uh, other than that, uh, once again, uh, as probably some people on the line know by now, there are, there are 18 uh, NBA NBA players. I don't know if they were former or not. Uh, once again, uh, attempting to practice the criminal activity of wealthy white people, which is fraud, things like fraud, you know that sort of thing. And I think I brought it up before on on on, on workplace racism. Uh, and uh, let me. You, you, you're attempting to do this at, as though white people are not paying attention <laughs> to you. Uh, and, you know, so the, the punishment can be severe, I, I, would, I would imagine, uh, to, uh, to do something like that. And in most cases, the uh, people who do embark on such a endeavor uh, they don't even go for a a price that measures up to the risk that they're taking. Uh, and it just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, find something else to do. Have a plan, you know, when you uh, go and do that one year of college. Have a plan afterwards, after your career is over, your basketball career or professional sports career is over with. Uh, so you can, uh, you won't be even be tempted to uh, do something like uh, what I uh, heard about that particular incident.
And uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. Uh, yeah, the, uh, well, one, make sure you talk to your children about sexual predators. Yes. Lots of that. We just talked about the situation, uh, in Michigan, a thousand victims. That was just a compensatory call in last week and Larry Nasser and all the rest of it. So talk to your children. Oof. Uh, whether you have males or females, uh, as you heard, talk to all of them serious problem that even if they're I college, shudder I shudder Gus to think on who got that white woman pregnant oh <laughs> boy who knows Mary Kay Letourneau right here in uh, Seattle uh, let's see the NBA players and I did see that uh, as well now we just talked about this as he said with uh, the football players uh, about 30 days ago and I think then it was exclusively black males. Once again, 18 players, it seems, exclusively black males. Like, what in the world? Uh, and in fact, that was on the front page of the paper uh, here in Seattle because one of the players uh, played, I guess, basketball, was a big star in the Washington State area. It was on the front page in Florida because they said one of the players was big down in the Florida it was on the front page, trying to think it was at least three different locations, probably more than that, 18 players, but it was at least three, uh, where this was front page. Oh, my gosh. The Negroes are out stealing again. Now, the context of what retired firefighter was talking about, 18 players, they said that between this 18, their scheme, their fraud, whatever it was, was supposed to net. $2.5 million totals, not 2.5 per person, 2.5 million total. When you divide right. that by 18 million, or excuse me, by 18 people, you're talking not even $150,000 per person. <laughs> now, for the folks on this line, ridiculous. That be, you know, hey, you know, that's good piece of money. You know, you could do quite a bit with $100,000. To these 18 people, that exactly what happened, that should be laughable. Like, you're talking about people who made, like, millions of dollars per season. I think they said Tony Allen, he made $40 million from just his basketball career. That's not counting endorsements or anything else, just for playing in the NBA, $40 million. So a scheme where you're going to get not even $200,000. And then on top of that, now you look at a jail time and all the rest of it, like, whoa. And, and Gus, if, 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 they, if, if they're going to prosecute those white people, those, those very wealthy white people who tried to uh, uh, defraud uh, uh, these institutions and getting their children into these schools, and uh, I'm talking about 20 years. Some of them, uh, you you know, they're going to go after those those black males, big time. 
Yep. Absolutely. And you can think of Jeffrey Epstein, Bernie Madoff, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Billions. Not $100,000. Billions of dollars that she stole. I'm sure they will be prosecuted and will probably have to do some jail time because uh, I think the uh, NBA or NFL players, excuse me, first time around it was the NFL players about a month ago. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to do some jail time. Uh, I don't know if it'll be, you know, 20 years or anything like that, but I'm sure a year. And I mean, I'm not trying to do five months, much less, you know, a year. Like, my gosh. Ugh, uh yeah, have a plan. Be very uh, mindful about, I guess, getting duped in any, any sort of schemes like that, thinking that you're going to be able to get, especially these day and ages, uh, they have cameras everywhere and all kinds of mechanisms. And we heard all kinds of technology that they're using to, you know, investigate like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be really mindful about getting duped into any schemes like this. Uh, let's see. Yeah, get in, sneak in one more email that we'll have all those in early, and then I can double check. Uh, email again until justice at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. So, this one, all these are from King Cobra. Third email, he says One of my coworkers came to work school red in the face, raspy voice, and obviously sick. Uh oh. She went out to practice back in the truck. I'll ask my trainer if she was sick, and she told me she could not tell me that information. I then asked her if you know if she was driving a truck because I did not want to drive the truck that she was inside of. She proceeds to get rude with me like I have no business asking that question. I left immediately to talk to her boss and she ran after me screaming, hey, you. I did not stop or turn around. When she got close to me, she asked me what was wrong while she was putting on a mask. She has never worn a mask in my presence before. I told her I was going to find someone who takes my concerns seriously. She then started trying to defend herself verbally. I went to the bathroom and came back, she was already in bed conversation with her boss. I asked him if I could speak with him alone. He said no. I didn't proceed to tell him what was going on, and he told me that was not happening then. When I start seeing more stuff, he recommended that we go in private. Long story short, they tried to fire me, send me home. I am almost 1,000 miles from home, I came from South Carolina to Springfield, Missouri for an education and a career and truck driving. They did not want to hear anything I had to say and were laughing at me. I also said this is a health and safety concern. Racist man, racist woman, racist child at work, so be careful. Wow, so much strife around COVID-19. Uh, that's what you have to be really, like, cautious, observant about your work environment. Do the people that I'm working with, are they taking this serious? Are they snitching on people, you know, about not wearing a mask and not being vaccinated? Or are they, you know, 
Kovic, Mobid, not wearing a mask. High fives, brother. Like, what sort of environment are you in? You know, when you go to ask, whoa, this person looks like they might have some symptoms. Do we need to do contact tracing or, you know, all the rest of it? Am I at risk? I can't give you that information. Like, you've heard some people where that's been their response. Other people have been much more vigorous. Uh, where it's, whoa, 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 whoa. Got to get out of here. Got to go home. Can't risk, you know, health and safety of folks in the workplace. Really important to know what sort of environment that you have. If you're of the mind that we should take this seriously, you are taking it serious. You're wearing your mask and, you know, all the other precautions, vaccinated or whatever your status is. If you're working with people where, hey, she can come in here coughing, red in the face, raspy, whatever. She was just in car B. Why don't you take car B out? You should be fine. Drive it all day long. Like, whoa. That is super good to know. And in my opinion, I would just want to know, like, what what is the pro? That's why I said, like, if they're meetings right now, if they're going over policy and procedure, this is our COVID plan. This is how we're going to deal with this moving forward to keep everybody safe. You should have questions. What's the protocol if, you know, someone has symptoms? Does that person have to isolate? Is it, you know, don't don't ask, don't tell type of thing? And, you know, maybe you find out after it's too late or something. What's the procedure just so that we can know in advance? And then if it seems like they're not taking it serious, you can, you know, take whatever precautions you need, which might have to include compensating. I'm going to have to find someplace else to work because you all are being really unsafe or at least your values on this don't seem to match where mine are in terms of trying to make sure that we're all protected. If folks have a thought how you would handle all this, that's a long way to go too, to be from Lee, South Carolina to go to Missouri uh, to have all these problems with food and then say, I mean, basic concerns, Maslow's hierarchy right at the base, safety, food, can't even talk about self-actualizing, universal man, universal woman. We can't even just get the, the fundamental. Uh, email again is untiljustice at gmail.com. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have comments, suggestions for King Cobra, uh, our truck driver, or if you have your own situation to share, line should be open. Can I be heard? Uh, Bay Area Mom, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, greetings to everyone on the line. I was listening to a retired firefighter when he was talking about the um, the teachers um, suspected of sleeping with the children. Oh, that is terrible. I, oh, dear. That is so terrible on so many levels, especially for the children. And if they're, about, uh, what, junior high? Oh, that is... So awful. Oh, and oh, I hope none of those, even if she's not pregnant by one of the kids, just exposing them to all of that, pregnant, messing with those children. Oh. Anyway, um, oh, Tesla. So Tesla, I was listening to the um, clips earlier, and you, uh, I guess there's a, a, a guy who um, had a lawsuit against Tesla for um, racism and uh, I can't. I when you said Piccaninny, I had a visual. <laughs> I had my own visual. The Piccaninny pictures. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what it really looks like, but I immediately had this sketch visual. Uh, no, dear. Um, Tesla is so racist. Um, they've always been like that because the people that work there, you know, the majority of the people that work there, they're just, they're just in the warehouse doing like la- just regular labor. It, it's strenuous because, um, it's very strenuous. It's worse than Amazon. Um, and they, they don't, uh, fire you. They, they think they divorce you. You're kind of separated like that. Uh, so that's the term they use. Um, it's a lot. They give, they pay you more than Amazon, but it is ridiculous wear and tear on your body and you work more hours and people like working there because of the pay, because you can bring in maybe a check, maybe what, $2,000 a paycheck. And, um, people like, people tend to like that kind of income, but I just don't see you being able to, you're so tired after working you're only spending it on bills or if you're married or something that the spouse gets to spend that because you've got to get some rest so you can go back in there and break it back. Um, so I'm sure they're going to appeal, definitely appeal, especially the amount of money that the, um, was won. I totally see them appealing it for a lower amount or maybe some case, something will come up to where it's overturned or something. Who knows? Um, Oh, and uh, uh, I guess it was a lady. Uh, she had health issues. Um, it was, had to be out here. Um, and I think she was having heart problems, too. And then um, she was concerned about the vaccinations. But who cares, right? You'll be okay. So I just thought that was um, typical, uh, especially in these days, because they're really uh, pushing pushing this, uh, the vaccination and, um, using your job. And then I even think I, uh, read something about the spouses, even if you're married, if you're, they're even trying to get you, if you're married, your spouse has to get it or your benefits will go up. You'll be penalized if they don't get it. So that that's, um, pretty clever on their part as well. Um, Oh, it was another one. Oh, dear. I can't recall. Um, Anyway, so I guess I'll do my workplace racism. Um, So I went to work. uh, Yeah, yeah, I talked to you guys last Friday. So come to work on Monday. (laughs) Go to work on Monday, the little girl... I, when I get to work on Monday, because, because I think the, uh, I was saying that the little girl was uh, out of cold or something. I get to work on Monday. It's like, oh, um, you, um, I, uh, I thought you got, I thought you canceled. I said, what? Yeah, I thought you canceled because everybody's, you know, they're looking like they're not ready for company. You know, little girls, mess, grandmas, my girl. So, uh, I was like, well, no, I didn't get anything to say. I just can't, I, you know, you cancel. Um, I thought you were going to text me. Oh, no, no, some, 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 some. And um, so my uh, supervisor didn't say anything because it wasn't canceled. 
And so I, she's like, well, she went to go get tested on Saturday to, uh, for COVID at the college, this local college or high school, sorry. And I said, oh, okay. And our results will be back today or something. And I said, okay, that's fine. Well, um, so I'm texting my supervisor as uh, the grandma's talking and she's got dressed. Oh, I'm glad you're here, though. I can get this and this and that done. It's like, oh, so I'm texting her and she's like, uh-uh, you can leave. She's like, if they thought they was canceling, you can leave. So I was like, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> so uh, she's like, well, her results will be back, uh, I guess, that day or something. And um, I said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I'm going to leave now because uh, since everybody thought it was going to be canceled, we'd just leave it like that. So I'll leave. So I canceled it. And um, I told my supervisor, I said, I, I'm not coming back tomorrow because she's the same as she was on Friday. So I'm not coming back tomorrow. And she said she was going to have her, her mom, she sent me a message that her mom said that she had allergies. I said, look, <laughs> I'm not going to do the allergy stuff. I'm not doing the allergy stuff. That's crazy. Because um, her allergies was contagious last month. So I'm not doing the allergy. I'm not playing the allergy game. We already we already did that last month. We're not going to do that. So uh, I said I'm not coming in tomorrow either. And I'm canceling for both. I'm not just going to cancel for her. I'm canceling for both, two, two. So um, I sent the email. Uh, I sent a text uh, email, uh, scheduling, and then my supervisor said, "Well, I didn't get a message." She's like, "Did you?" She's like, "Yeah, please uh, cancel. Do whatever you have to do." But did you? Um, I didn't see an email that you sent, so I said, "Ah, oh, because I chat. I texted instead. Let me um, send a regular email." So I always uh, include my supervisor in um, in any email that I send out to anybody. Um, so she, uh, she got it and I guess they got it. And I just said, they were asking me, well, what symptoms you're going to have symptoms? I'm like, I'm fine. It's like this little girl, I don't know, let her get over her cold and then I'll come back. I just want to cancel with everybody just in case. So, uh, they canceled and, um, so now grandma sends it, uh, well, she's COVID free. The test is COVID free. See you tomorrow. You won't see me. You're not going to see me no tomorrow. I don't care what how free she is. I'm not coming. So I never answered anything. I never responded, and I never came. So when I did go back, it was Thursday. So um, she's cleared up or whatever, and, um, you know, I'm sure Grandma was happy, you know, because she can get a little break because the girl is uh, very busy. So she's still trying to plead her case about the school and the little girl being aggressive, and she's really talking. And, and I'm just listening. I didn't say anything. And she's, she just keeps pleading her case. And I try not to say anything because she likes to fight. I don't know if it's because I'm black at, that she likes to over-talk you as if your words are no, not valuable enough to listen. Oh, sure. Anyway, I got more words. So I don't know if she does that and um, just dominates the conversation, even if you're speaking, because she because I'm black or what. But she does it often, so I just don't. I just oh, I'm just looking at her. Like, mm-hmm. 
and I nod my head. And then she's just talking, 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 talk, you know, because I know she's not retarded. And I know she's not this. And I know they say she had a low IQ, but that's, you know, and the, everybody's going through all these different loops and hoops to justify um, why the school psychologist um, stated that she doesn't need to be in a regular class. She needs to be in maybe a class with uh, special need children as well, and she would have to wait. They want her in regular class, but she's not. Regular class isn't for her right now. She For her to be in regular class, she would have to have an A, period. Uh, she is aggressive, like I said. And then the grandma said, unless you think she's aggressive, because I'm not saying anything, because you can't say anything, because you're fighting, it's like a rap battle. It's, oh, salt and pepper's here. So it's, hey, hey, no, you can have the floor. You got the, the mic is yours. So uh, I said, well, no, I'm just letting you talk. So I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I don't even know what happened in the set. I don't even know what what happened? I don't know anything. All I know is what you said. The mama said, well, I don't know either. Okay, so I don't know. But in real life, the girl is very aggressive. She's aggressive, and um, I'm sure she'll get worse. So um, I filled out an application for, uh, on top of a lot of other things, uh, I think I did one for IRS, too. Um, so they, I qualified for one thing, but I guess I have to wait. And it's a little... Uh, a little commute, but uh, I'll be fine. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to do that from home. So, ooh, yay. Um, but that's further um, further on. Um, also, I had, a, on my way home from my, the boy that I have, um, my, my male client, I got a call from this uh, other uh, position that I applied for. It's just... Uh, and it's just, uh, just extra weekend work, uh, respite care. And I don't mind doing that. I'd rather do that with children over being over being supervised and um, having to run all these goals with these children. Yeah, I'd rather do that because with respite, hey, do what you want to do. What? Watch TV? Seven hours? Okay, sure. Go for it. Go for it. What do you want? Could you? Yeah, I have, have six. I don't care. It's just different versus what I'm doing now. And it's not, it's only going to be the hours that I feel like doing it. And I can always decline. So I'll do that and a couple of other things and then I'll be set. Um, so I did an interview for that and I got a lot of other stuff to do. This is a process, but I'm just trying to wean my way out. So with the supervisor for the uh, my male client, um, she popped in yesterday. Supposed to be at noon, but she's like, oh, I was thinking more like one. Well, why did you say 12? My nerve. So after one, I just called her because you know, we're not going to play these games. You're going to pop in right now. Pop on. So she didn't answer, but she called me back looking a mess, sick of me. So she's not really doing anything. She's just, you know, running the hours. But because we created a different system with him, I just run the um, run the stuff uh, that she wants me to do. But he doesn't – he's really uh, – uh, He's really not cooperative if he knows he's on Zoom being watched. He just totally doesn't like that. And <laughs> so it was, a little, it was a little tricky, but I still do my stuff. And um, she's like, it's looking better, but I'm glad we we decided to, you know, change this program. Yeah, I'm sure you are glad. And it sure does look better. So um, I added extra hours for him, so I'll do an hour extra with him. Hopefully I can get something done with him. 
uh, with the extra hour until I just completely pull out. And um, that may help him too, especially the way his program is set up because he gets more free play than he has actual work. So maybe I'll get something done. Maybe we'll see. And um, that's it. I will read my line. And thank you for taking my call. Much obliged, Bay Area Mom. Uh, good luck with uh, the application and that whole process uh, for getting hired. I know that can be like paperwork and some investment, but hopefully it will be a marked improvement uh, over your current situation. So good luck with that. Maybe the IRS situation, can have a little short Bay Area commute, maybe we shall see. Um, with the... I guess with the mom that's talking over you, that can unfortunately be very common in a number of work environments. If it's like a victim with another victim uh, where people just assume you don't know what you're talking about. You're a black person. You're not informed. Uh, or I don't have to listen to you. You know, I'm just talking. I'm not really, you know, trying to hear what you have to say. You're just supposed to, to be listening to me, you know, get this while I'm processing through. I'm talking this all out. I've seen that regularly, and I think that's the best strategy uh, to just, I'm not going to try to battle and, you know, out-talk you and all the rest. I'll just be quiet. It's hard to argue. If I shut up, let me talk. You know, that I've seen where that can produce arguments and all the rest of it. No, I'm not going to do any of that. I will just be mum. You don't have anything? Well, hey, I don't know any more than you do. I wasn't there. Not going to try to out-talk you, especially when it's clear, you know, you're not really trying to hear what I'm saying anyway. There, Gus T. is very familiar with that one. Never win trying to argue for the microphone. Uh, with, the, with the time component where we're supposed to come in and do some sort of meeting or what have you at noon, the supervisor, she said, yeah, I'll set up with you the Zoom meeting. And it's all way to that. Well, let's, let's do one o'clock. That sort of tackiness, like that is like standard white supremacy racism where I can just waste your time. She's been out chilling at home on the Zoom the whole time, hoodies on, marshmallows, having a blast. I think I'm a chill. Got some found something on Netflix. I got another hour that I want to take to watch my show. Then we'll go in and I don't really care about these clients anyway. She said she told us before. I've been trying for a year to get this black child gold updated, gold updated, and no, no, no. Went through the Rona, no. For you to sit around and, I know he said, no, let's make it one. That, that's another reason. Get out of here as soon as possible. It is never any fun working with people, white or non-white, who do not value your time. Like, that is so disrespectful. Um, the, and I suspect in terms of the talking display, going back one, if that had been your supervisor who had been present, Zoom or in person, I don't think she would have done all that. It's been my experience. We, we don't tend to talk to white people in that manner. We don't tend to over-talk white people like that. 
I could be in error. Uh, the other one, bravo for safety. Say that repeatedly. We had the caller who wrote in about that. Like, man, I'm not taking any chances. She had the sniffles and everything last week. I'm not going. And then they come up like, hey, she got the test back. She doesn't have I'm still not going like slow all that down. Who knows what you picked up at school? Kids are notorious. Children are notorious for going to school and touching on everybody and everything and picking up all kinds of cooties. I'm good. Let's you know, see her straight. No need for me going to get in touch with her. And then I'm in contact with other children and my own family and household and everything else. Like, nah, let's wait. Make sure everybody is safe, that word again, safe, healthy, and then we can resume learning. You got to be number one person in charge of your health and safety, especially with everything that's happening right now. Context of white supremacy, much obliged Bay Area mom. And for the update on the Tesla situation, all of the stress, I'm not surprised to hear that at all, that it's strenuous, backbreaking type of work in this factory uh, setting where they're doing the picking it. Someone even mailed me the image of a picking any drawing. I have to check my email to see what it looks like because I didn't even have an image in mind of what that, you know, could look like. I don't know if that, that maybe I missed that era of white supremacy racism when that was a thing to do, leave picking any drawings around. I'll check my email as we proceed. Uh, the number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Other folks with a hand up, line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Uh, yes, ma'am. Is this uh, Z's mom? Yeah, this is her. Hello. Greetings, awesome. everyone. What did you eat today? Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you. What did you say? What did you eat today? Oh, oh, oh actually, um, my care mate made um, enchiladas. I think they had potato, jackfruit, beans, and mushrooms. And tomatoes and onions. <laughs> they were pretty good. Um, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Thank you for indulging me. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to report on a couple of things. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I work from home part time. I'm an artist and I actually um, had to stop working because I had a wrist tendonitis. Um, so I just want to like kind of, I know we're talking about safety, so I, how important ergonomics is, like correct posture, taking breaks, and also staying hydrated throughout because it's really easy to get a lot of uh, wrist injuries. And I was, I had to rest for two weeks, so I wasn't able to do any work, um, which was hard because I had to basically tell people that. Um, I had deadlines for that I'm not working and I, it's it was better though in the long run because I was thinking about my safety I obviously don't want this to turn into a carpal tunnel or anything like that and then um, I have I got a position as a substitute teacher um, which I'm going to be starting soon to 
to supplement my income. And um, today I had to do the intake process and um, just having to deal with a disorganized institution, it can be very frustrating. Um, I was told that I didn't need certain documents. And then when I got there, they're like asking me for these documents, kind of rushing me about it trying to get me to find a way to get these documents and which I was not told that I need to have. And then I had to, and when I told them about um, when they called me about my intake, they said, Oh, it's going to take about 30 minutes. So I kind of planned out my day with the assumption that it may take an hour. Cause usually when they say 30 minutes, you always have to add some time. But um, I had to actually go to an, like three different offices because Two of them, one of them was closed, and then the other one had a three-hour wait. Um, and finally, when I got seen, it had already been about three hours, and I had driven at least 40 minutes. Um, so that's it for now. Just um, already being prepared for the kind of tacky behavior that a lot of these institutions have, but obviously they expect professionalism from you. Um, and that's all I have for today. Right on for ergonomics. Much obliged. These uh, mom posture that is so important. Uh, I had just, uh, I think, tweeted before we went live, drink more water. That was all I had. And a glass of water next to it. That was it. Drink more water. That is so important. Your health. Uh, cannot be compromised. And that's so serious. Like in yoga, there's so many people that come to class and they have uh, carpal tunnel from that exactly. Sitting all day long with really bad posture, all bent. That is like horrible for your neck and everything, all bent over and hunched and in. Just doing all that sitting, like sitting is horrible for your posture. Like it is so important to get up, move around, walk, take breaks. Like it is really unhealthy to just do lots and lots of uh, sitting at a desk, uh, craning your neck forward, like all kinds of bad for the posture. And then, yeah, if you're doing a lot of typing and putting a lot of pressure on your wrist, like lots of people come to yoga and they have carpal tunnel uh, and lots of wrist pain and sensitivity, like that is no fun at all. Like if you have to be sitting and doing a lot of typing or at a computer, gusty included, like posture, take breaks. Drinking water will help you have to take breaks because you have to get up for a refill and you have to go to dump your bladder. So all the way around, drinking water is excellent, especially if you're for everybody, especially if you're sedentary. Uh, as for your also, situation, um, like oh, sorry, I just wanted to say also minimizing sugar actually helps reduce inflammation from uh, tendonitis. can all take a wonderful reminder about minimizing sugar intake. Like, man, that is, uh, I mean, the holidays coming up, those cakes and pies and all that other nonsense will be fast. Eggnog, I already mentioned it, will be fast and furious. Minimize that sugar intake. Uh, but even if for your workplace uh, situation, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, where you are going in attempting to be professional and asking in advance, like how much time do I need to set aside and what documents do I need to make sure that I bring in and all that. And, oh, no, you don't need this and just about 30 minutes and all that. Do you have Form 559-6? Do you have Form 590? 
like, well, wait a minute. Y'all said I didn't. No, no, no. And then rushing you about it, like, standard. Uh, just, at least in my opinion, there's so many environments. I'm not saying every time, but there's so many different environments where racists will just do things to keep black people off balance. Like, despite our best efforts, we're, you know, planning, you're on time, and what do I need so I can have everything together, and boom, boom, and just sabotage <laughs> where they were just, oh, no, you don't need this. And that happens so frequently in a workplace context, uh, just where people have called in or people that I've talked to, period, where they tried to be professional. Let's get everything that I need in advance so I can go in and it'll be efficient. So I don't have to take, you know, five hours stumbling and fumbling. Then I got to fill out the paperwork there and all that. Nope, got it all present. And you get there and it's, oh, you got the wrong information. Yeah, you do need this form and five additional forms and all this other stuff. Stay as professional as you can, even in those type of situations. And don't be surprised about it because it's very, very common. And that just adds, she talked about it being some sort of like disorganized work environment anyway. Like, oh, those can be the worst. You're coming in and you're trying to be professional and get things done and got all my paperwork, all my I's dotted, P's crossed. And then you come in and they just got, you know, nonsense from then on day one. Like, that's such a bad showing. But if anything, that would just remind me, like, have to be on my guard here, make sure that I'm doing things correctly, document, look out for wage theft, a wage theft, make sure that my compensation is accurate, all the rest of it. Just got to be on my P's and Q's around you all. These are folks working with children, by the way. That should not be lost. Uh, I guess before we uh, pivot away, did you have any concerns going into this environment? I don't know if it's going to be Zoom you're teaching or if you're in the classroom. We thought they had reports about domestic terrorism, all these white parents coming in and smacking people around about these mask mandates and all the rest of it. Like, do you have any concerns about, you know, stepping into the education field, given everything that's happening? Yes, I feel very uh, uncomfortable and unsure about the experience. Um, I just... I know the type of children in this um, environment and they're extremely underserved. And so, like, I, I know, for instance, that the class sizes are going to be around 30 plus. So I'm just already kind of preparing for that. In terms of um, mandates and stuff, I haven't heard anything about any parents having issues with the vaccine or mask so far. And it seems like the children are pretty compliant when it comes to leaving their masks on and um, having that kind of uh, six feet of distance away. So, but I, I am just trying to think of scenarios where I'm going to have issues with like behavior and how to address that without having, because I, I really don't want to have to call the, um, you know, those like, those are, I think they're called RSOs, the, the police officers in the school. I really don't want to have to resort to anything like that. But I do know the capacity, like how much these kids are being neglected and how it's going to impact their behavior. And um, my care mate is actually also um, starting to substitute teach too. So he wanted to say something. Um, yeah. I had my little interview today, and um, there was um, tons 
of um issues and um but the only thought I had was um that this is um this whole experience is gonna be um um tacky at best but um a, a great a great learning opportunity um and also i'm mostly um i don't plan on like spreading on um, that much of of uh, the education doc- indoctrination to um to um these students i'm um, trying to um introduce the students that i, that I do sub to to um code and to um um uh, just into logic but um i am um aware that um the environment could be very, very, very tacky, trashy, and, and terroristic. And that could be coming from the the staff and the students, you know, but that's that's just what the system um the system is. Um yeah, I'll be my line. Much obliged, sir. Sorry you had such a uh tacky experience, but the the interview again same thing that I said, you know, that at least lets you know, like, all right, my eyes are wide open, as they say, from day one. So I will be on alert as you opportunity to practice my code, refine. <laughs> I know from the beginning, like, ooh-wee, I will be alert for all kinds of antics, uh, making sure my paycheck is accurate. Start with that one and then safety and, and all the rest of it. But that's awesome. Like noble goal to say, hey, these are, you know, folks who are being underserved. A lot of times that'll be code for non-white children. So, hey, spectacular. Uh, if you can spend some time and energy with them and get some access to some educators who have some sincere concern for them. Not that others don't, but I mean, hey, and trying to share constructive code logic too. Like, awesome. Excellent efforts. Like, uh, we'll wish you the best. And, uh, Happy countering racism in that environment. Uh, let's see. The number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. More water, less sugar. Uh, let's see. Before I nab some of the other folks who dialed in, there was one other report. Now we didn't hear about this at the beginning, but since we did mention the uh, NBA players who were charged, I think exclusively black males, and then 30 days ago, approximately, it was uh, about 13 black males or so NFL players. Same type of scheme. Today, uh, it was reported pretty much right when we went ready to go live, uh, the head football coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, formerly Los Angeles, John Gruden, white man, apologizes as NFL DeMaurice Smith condemned Gruden's 2011 email about NFL player association leader. Won't read the whole thing. It says, Gruden has apologized for comments he reportedly made about NFLPA Executive Director DeMaurice Smith in a 2011 email sent to then-Washington football team president Bruce Allen in 2011. The email was sent as the league and the NFLPA were in the process of trying to end on lockouts. In the email, Gruden said that Smith had lips the size of a Michelin tire. 
according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. The email was discovered during the lead investigation of workplace misconduct with the Washington football team. I just want to pause. Dedication to white supremacy racism is so strong. The Washington Redskins were forced to change their name at the beginning of last season. A whole new NFL season has started. They still haven't come up with a new name for the team. If it can't be the Redskins, the Coons, the niggas, what are we going to do? What are we going to call them? Maybe by next year. They needed two years to think of something other than a racist slur for a team name. Anyway, uh, so the Washington should just left the Redskins. The NFL told the journal that it has reviewed 650,000 emails during its investigation. The league has sent pertinent emails for the Raiders to review. While he said that he did not specifically recall writing that email, which is not exactly a, I didn't say that. Gruden said he is really, really sorry for his criticism of Smith. Gruden told ESPN that he has used the term rubber lips to refer to a guy I catch as lying. He can't spit it out. Now, I have never, ever, 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 ever heard the term rubber lips used to refer to someone who is deceitful, forked tongue, all kinds of things that they will say about that, but rubber lips? Hmm. Michelin tires. I don't hear. Man, you got to watch him. He's got the Michelin tire lips, man. Every other word is a lot. I've never heard that. Oh, slick John Gruden. Let's see. He continues. Gruden said that he has spoken about the matter with the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, and expects to speak with him again. Gruden added that he hopes he does not face discipline from Davis or the league. I'm ashamed I insulted the Smith. No, he's not. Gruden said, I never had a racial thought when I used it. Mm, I'm embarrassed by what's out there. I certainly never meant for it to sound that bad. Gruden told the journal that his comments about Smith came out of frustration with Smith and the lockout. I don't think he's dumb. Mm. Gruden said of Smith, I don't think he's a lot. Now, wait a minute. He said that he used rubber lips. When you say the person's a liar, that's not, I didn't mean it as a racist. I just meant that he's deceitful. Then he came back and said, well, no, 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 no. I didn't mean he was a liar. I don't think he's a liar. Gruden continues, I don't have a racial bone in my body, and I've proven that for 58 years. I guess he's 58 years old. I don't know how one could prove you are not a racist. Now, he said racial bone. I don't know where that is next to your pelvis, your femur. We had anatomy and yoga training. I don't remember the racial bone. Maybe I slept through that part. If anything, with all of this, this is another reminder. When you're in the workplace, anytime, if it's verbal, certainly if it's written, because I mean, whoa, now we're talking about printouts. We just print, 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 print. Everything that you say 
I'm writing as though, hey, this might end up on YouTube at some point. Everybody in the world may get a transcript of this conversation in their inbox. That's the way that you talk all the time. There's never a moment where there's, oh, we were just talking off the cuff and I was just, you know, messing with, I was frustrated and certainly not the text messages that came up with Elizabeth Holmes too, doing all those text messages back and forth with her so-called lover. Now all that's out in court. You have to text an employee, you email an employee, anything like that. You leave a voice message. They're going through uh, voice, uh, excuse me, for emails from 2011. We're basically at 2022. And he's talking about he might be disciplined. Elizabeth Holmes, Nord, she's looking at 20 years. Part of what the prosecution told her, let's get those text messages from seven years ago. That for sure, bedrock code. You are never speaking recklessly, especially in the workplace. It's business all the time. Text, email, verbal. We're speaking verbally. I assume we're being recorded. Video, audio, all of it. Michelin lips, get out of here. The number again is uh, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Other folks with thoughts, observations to share, either comments on what's been shared thus far, or if they have their own observations. Have you heard? Yes, sir. Thank you, Dennis. It's no one doubt. The the Michelin lips. Uh, anecdote. I've also never heard of a term like that, um, and I thought it was interesting that um, the, the I guess the definition of the term is uh, uh, to refer to someone for lying, um, and he changed his position on the definition. And if that's the case, if that if that means liar, and he doesn't think that man is a liar, he 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 definitely could have meant something. Um, uh, racial by it, and now he doesn't need it, and he might have changed his bones too. He could change his position. He might have switched his bones out. You know, he's only he only has the racist bone when he's being a racist. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. It's very confusing, though. very 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 confusing, uh, <clears throat> especially to a victim in the system. Um, uh, now another story, uh, not a story, but uh, I guess my. Uh, uh, person that's very close in my life and their workplace issue. Uh, she is a uh, driver for uh, the, the, the DOT, the Department of Transportation, and uh, she has uh, she's issued like a truck daily, and it seems that they're supposed to cycle these vehicles because some vehicles are newer and some are older and to make sure you know, in the essence of fairness, you want to make sure employees rotate the vehicles. Um, her vehicle seems to be coming, seems to be becoming progressively worse, and her routes are getting progressively larger. Um, she's complained several times about the um, 
the, the, the maintenance on her vehicles that she's being issued. And I want to say on Tuesday, they, um, she had a bad truck. She told her supervisor, and he gave her a second bad truck, which she knew was bad. And then he attempted to give her a third good truck. And with black self-respect in mind, she said, no, if you didn't want to give me that third truck as my first option, I'll just go home. And she went home. Uh, the next day was an off day. She had a good day Thursday. And this story came about because the truck she was in today actually caught on fire. Uh, her truck was on fire, and she didn't notice because she was inside of it, and her helper was outside of the truck. And um, it, was, uh, it was near the tank. Apparently, uh, I believe, I, I, and I don't want to... Uh, 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 put place blame on the uh, on that particular occurrence without uh, without full knowledge, but I believe it was a hydraulic issue, um, a hydraulic fluid um, uh, uh, became ignited somehow. And if 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 her workers, if her helpers were busy um, or away from the vehicle and and did not notice that particular fire. That would have been a, another uh, explosion in Dallas uh, within a week uh, of the previous explosion, uh, which was uh, an apartment complex near um, where I grew up, but because of poor maintenance. Uh, that's, that's how I tie those together. Uh, thank you, my line. Wow. Word for uh, this program, I think it was the word for last week, word for the year, safety. And that's so trifling. I just talked about that where so many black people sabotage. And I talked about, and it was also uh, in the context of uh, Z's mom. She talked about going in uh, to, to the school. She's going to go fill out the application and everything. Let me call in advance, see all the paperwork, get everything together. Oh, yeah, you don't need this, you don't need this. Before. And then you go in, it's totally different sabotage they they put you in environments to keep you off balance set up to fail and she goes in going out to drive presumably you want to promote safety in the workplace and she's observant that's that's one thing right there uh if we have any folks you drive you do delivery or what have you and the company supplies you with a vehicle examine that vehicle closely the seat belt tires, mirrors, everything. Check it out. Make sure that it is safe. Even wipe it down. Now we got COVID too, so wipe it down and, you know, all the rest. Uh, but she checks it out as a whoa. Got some violations here. This, this is not a safe car. Let me go back and get a safe one. She goes, reports it properly. Doesn't He didn't say that she went slammed the keys down. This, you give me this hunk of junk for her. You think I she didn't go do that? Just, you know, the car is unsafe. Can I get a safe drivable vehicle? She goes and gives her another dud. Presumably, she goes and does the intelligent thing. Let me check, make sure before I get out on the road and, you know, something happens. Whoa, this was bad, too. What's going on here? She goes, gives it back. Oh, man. Thought I got this. All right, we'll give her a working. Like, what in the world? You could have given me this one the first time around. 
Exactly. And I mean, that's a, like, are you trying to, you know, like have me be in the hospital? You want me to have some sort of accident on the road? What if I end up in an accident with somebody else? They could end up in the hospital. A fatality, anything. I've been saying it for a minute. You have to safeguard your safety. Then come back later in the same week and a car catches on fire. Are you serious? That's the sort of thing someone would lose their job. Like if they're like a fleet of vehicles for the company, whoever's in charge of that fleet, you're supposed to make sure that all the vehicles are serviced and operating properly and all the rest of it secure. Fires. What do you mean a vehicle catches on fire? Could have been another explosion in the heart of Texas. What a disgrace. And if I'm that female, like regardless of what uh, what uh, vehicle it was, like, man, I'm just here driving and I get two faulty cars and come back. We have a vehicle fire the same week. Like, come on. Even thinking, I'm not, I don't use the term conspiracy theory. I'm just using logic. Like, man, was that deliberate? Did somebody try and set this up so that the vehicle will catch on fire? You have to be in charge of your safety. Like, whatever that means. Uh, that means, <clears throat> uh, means uh, COVID 19 safety. If that means, you know, uh, vehicle, like I said, if you drive or whatever it is uh, for work, just making sure that your health and well-being is not jeopardized by the eight hours or six hours or however long you're going to be on that job. Critically important, and so many non-white people all over the world end up being harmed just by going to work. Much obliged, uh, Mo in Dallas, man. Vehicle safety, all and even before you get the car started, like especially before you get the vehicle started, like let me do a thorough inspection, then we are off. Let's see, uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, uh, either your own situation or comments, thoughts on what else uh, other folks have shared, proceed. May I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Dust, the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I have some updates uh, from my own experience and that of a victim of racism, a black female. Uh, I'll start out with hers. She mentioned to me that uh, she noticed two uh, occurrences where this white woman uh, practiced racism. The first was um, where she was at the front counter the, the victim was at the front counter and the white woman walked up near where the victim was sitting and just stood there as though she was expecting, you know, 
the uh, the victim to say something to her to initiate conversation with her, and she just asked the question like, "Do you need something? <laughs> you know, do you need something?" Uh, she was like, "Oh, I'm just standing here uh, waiting to see if if someone knew an answer about something." Uh, and you know, the white woman just started giggling or whatever. But that was just some. Uh, from what she reported to me, she just thought that that was a way that she was um, being a white supremacist. And the next one was, uh, well, when she went to go ask three of the uh, the people at the front counter for the civil area, and they didn't know the answer to the question. So one of them said, well, you, you might want to go ask and then she named the black male, the the court director, the the uh, the manager over quote unquote manager over the people over there. And she was like, "What? Why do I have to go ask him? You know, <laughs> what like what you know? Almost saying like, what does the nigga know? You know what I'm saying? So um, she resented having or wanted to go do that. Um, so she just went back to where she's seated. So I just told her, I said, I'm not surprised at that. You know, just write it down, you know, document. Um, in the area where I'm seated, which is across the hall, uh, um, we got news this week that there's going to be a replacement for the outgoing white woman that left that lives up in the Stark area. So a black male, and he, and he's done this before. Um, I was on the phone and he was coming in asking the black female coworker, uh, you know, so when are y'all going to get a new person? And she was like, oh, it looks like they hired somebody and they're going to start in about two weeks. And he was saying, oh, well, man, it looks like y'all can't keep anybody, huh? And he also said, oh, it's not going to be anybody like such and such. The uh, the white woman from a few years ago. So uh, it was myself, a white guy in there, and a black female. So he uh, pauses and delays, and I'm on the phone, um, and then he looks over. And he says, yeah, like, they can't stand working around you, like me, right? Um, so, like, I didn't even say anything. I didn't say nothing to him. So, you know, he started smirking and smiling. So, uh, some anti-blackness right there. And he just pretty much walked off. Um, my next one is, well, actually, two, is uh, one where the... um the former, one of the older clerks, Curtis Powers, I hear is a staunch racist, white supremacist. So, and I'm mentioning that because like where I'm seated, like they have like these plaques. All right. And they also have like frames and things like that, uh, Florida Seminoles and indigenous people. And they have like all of these white clerks from 1950 something to 1960. So he was the clerk from 1969 to 1992. 
So this is white guy. I'm suspecting is a white person. Um, he was like, Oh, uh, have you heard of Curtis powers? I said, Oh yes. And he said, yeah, you, you know, you know, I shouted him out. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. And he said he did some kind of a campaign event or some kind of event with him or something. And I just thought that he was mentioning that to say that, you know, he, he wouldn't like your kind. That's how they talk. They wouldn't like your kind in that position. So I just finished helping the person. Um, and you know, that was that. And then later on that day, there was a, a person that I helped and he had a lot of, um, MH mental health cases on the docket. But see, when I talked to him, you know, he was like yelling at me or whatever, uh, saying, yeah, I'm just, I'm here. I'm, I'm calling to see what, what records I have. I say, well, sir, did you want a copy of anything? You know, we only facilitate copy requests and no, I don't want any copy. I just want to know what my record is. I just want to know what's on my record. I say, well, what particularly? I say, well, you have it there with you. So it didn't seem like it was coherent, like it wasn't making much logical sense. So um, I did what I could to calm him down, and I did get him to calm down a bit. Uh, but he ended up saying that he was going to try and drive into town at some point, I guess, to get copies. Uh, and I wanted to share that to, uh, to say that I, I noticed on the record, unfortunately, uh, he's battered on his attempted father at 78 years old. So, you know, he said that, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm a, I'm a, um, pretty much, uh, cut your tires and everything like that, knock the phone out of his hand, trying to call uh, 911. And I guess he was listed as his, as his guardian on the mental health cases for Baker Act. So, um, you know, a lot of serious things going on with that. Uh, and just about two more. Um, there is that the new person that that came in and was introduced to everyone that was sitting at the nail salon chair. Right. So they apparently hired this person. Um, and apparently one of the click gang, uh, females said she was screenshotting the, uh, the white woman's Facebook page or something and I just heard her say something about oh well wow it looks like she's she's black or she has black something so I couldn't really hear what was going on I was helping a customer so uh apparently you know her page was public or whatever and like what I saw on there um I think you know they was trying to point out oh well she's pictured with this guy this black guy and he has gold teeth, you know what I mean? So uh, they obviously was trying to make a mockery of that. And then had the black person pulled into it. And then she was speaking with the black manager. 
about what they were saying. All right. So my thing is how were they, how did they, uh, you know, just hire somebody like that. And I'm thinking, you know, the obvious answer is that she's white, but the posts that, that were on the page where she has people, um, two black males, uh, going into a vehicle, grabbing Hennessy bottles, things like that. And saying that I'm gonna let them slide in my hole so they can enjoy her as much as I do. So hole, um, Chevy Tahoe. So, uh, just a bunch of stereotypes and apparently the warrant, I think, um, is practicing racism, uh, selecting this person to be put in the area that we're in. Uh, and, and one last thing, um, a supervisor in the juvenile area who was a, a major part of the chat, She's had an open heart surgery and the victim of racism, black female said that her name was prioritized and placed first in an email sent out by another uh, racist woman, click member to ask for donations for this white woman, knowing she gets paid oodles more money. So, uh, other than that, that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Mm. Got to prioritize the white woman. I love it. Get our donations together in the uh, proper ordering. We got a pecking order at the courthouse. Uh, much obliged uh, caller in Florida. Now, the white woman who came over just, I guess, to stand real close as though she was going to, you know, converse and didn't say anything on uh, that right there, that, that kind of monitoring. And I'm just come be, do some surveillance, get in your space. I think we've had a lot of folks who talked about that where white people do that, come and just get in your space and sometimes don't even say anything. Just be there when you have to question lane. Do you need something? Can I help you? Oh, no, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. Hmm. Always think that's a good one if they're just coming, standing in your space, looking at you, whatever it is, and NASA just ask, do you need help? Did you come by to help something? Can I be of assistance? And I found a lot of times that can just lies, they can move on, whatever. Sometimes they're just trying to get a response. Uh, let's see, the when they're going around asking everybody, like, oh, do you know? Do you know? No, no. Why don't you go ask the black fella? What does he know? Now that right there. You sabotaged all the niggers. Kept us out of school. That's the Florida cracker. That's what we are. You have put in a lot of time and energy to see that black people don't know. In such an attitude like that, I thought we had to use a supervisor. Ask that coon nothing. Like, Wow. Glad to know these are the folks that would work in the civil area. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, and the fellow come now. All of these, we talked about that before. Like a lot of these jobs, they won't be like advertised or what have you. White people will just pass them down from one white person 
to another white person, especially if they're any kind of job like benefits and all that, nice salary and all. You don't have to do donations for PTO and all the rest of it. Like, oh, no. These are reserved for other white people. So they go in and have uh, plaques. They have that on a lot of jobs. They'll have plaques to white people who died or who retired or whatever. They worked there for 40 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Uh, and they put a little placard or they'll put a plaque on some chairs and things. Maybe they have a picture of them uh, in the office area. Of course, again, these will be all white people, generally speaking. They come in. Uh, my man, Curtis Powers, he comes in to Brad. You know about it? Yes. Yes, we were familiar with Mr. Powell. Oh, I gave him a shout out. Now that that, in my opinion, slides right into that uh, the Negro slang, because I don't know if he would have said shout out if he had been talking to somebody that was like the new white person from the nail salon. He's been talking to her or whoever else uh, from the clique. I don't know if he would have said. He may have said, "Do you know Curtis Powers?" Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I worked with him. We did such and such. In fact, he wouldn't have had any of that conversation because he started with, "Oh, I gave him a shout out." He's like, I don't know what that means. He's like, oh, we work together. And uh, By the way, they wouldn't want your kind with that <laughs> kind of job. Now, <laughs> all of this, like the only reason to engage in any of this is so I can perform a little racism. I'm talking to this nigga person. You know, you're not supposed to have that some job. Have nobody in that spot. Curtis Powers is probably a racist. <laughs> like Curtis Powers wouldn't want you with this job in the courthouse right now. He's probably rolling over in his grave right now. The fact that you're here. Yes. Yes, sir. I understand that. Did you need any more copies, sir? Thank you kindly. Hope you've had a great experience at the courthouse today. Long live Curtis Powers. This is his memory of Mr. Powers. Yes. And to start, shout out. Shout out. Glad to know you worked with him. That's great. Let's see. Uh, now, the fellow comes up with the mental health problems. Now, we've had black people who've been slammed, bludgeoned, arrested. They got uh, little vendettas. They're planning, like, oh, let me get IT, see if we can, you know, find out what the black person, which sites he's looking at in advance. They got a hook. White fellow comes in, got his mental health problems, long record of abusing probably other white people. As soon as he comes in and he's yelling at everything, he's like, panic button, panic button, there's I feel unsafe. And see if they respond the same way. Do they come in? Oh, yeah. We've seen you before, buddy. Let's get it. Or is it, hey, let's de-escalate. Friend, how can we be of service? I'd have had my hand close to the panic button, uh, especially once you look at his record. Like, whoa, the rap sheet on this guy? And he's yelling and you can't even ask, like, coherently for what you want? Man, that's you do the same thing that uh, some of your colleagues do. The white people, the, the unruly black person comes like, hey, maybe maybe you should deal with this one. <laughs> I don't think I can get him calm. You just do the same thing. Hey, this looks like one of your brethren. Why don't you deal with this one? I think you can get him calm, get him paper documentation that he needs. And let's see. Let's uh, see the same thing. We just slide off into some tackiness now. The social media, we talk about that, you know, maybe Facebook should have stayed down. You don't need all that. And they're going through her page and she's black. And then you go get to see the content and she's hanging out, got some black guys. They've got gold teeth. There's nothing incorrect about that. I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, like, this is what they're going. Why is this even work related? Like, what, is this, what does this even have to do with anything? Is this part of the hiring process? We talking about things you need to scrub from your social media page. 
we just going through to, to gossip and engage in some anti-blackness. Everybody can expect that. I skipped over that. Everybody can ex- uh, expect a healthy dose of anti-blackness on the job. That's just unfortunate. White people have been very successful. Try to do the best you can by minimizing conflict. That's another one where you can practice your de-escalation tactics. Don't need to get in a tit for tat and respond. Yes, yes. Teaspoon of anti-blackness for my Friday. Keep it pushing. But these folks uh, with the nail salon chick, like all of that on the social media. Oh my god! And then even more tactics. They're going through her posts. If I got it correctly, like I just let my friends slide up in my hoe and do what they want. And it's talking about a Chevy Tahoe, a vehicle. But I mean, <laughs> the implications. Yeah. You got your black males. Gold teeth. He said they're digging in to get some Hennessy. Like, and again, this is in the workplace. Can you imagine? Let's say you didn't have a ten-year, you know, five-star employee. Let's say uh, our call in Florida. He's just started. Can you imagine that's his first day on the job? <laughs> he comes in for training. They say, "Oh, let us let's see your Instagram page." He goes and show him, and he holding Hennessy. Got a white woman there. Me about to go get in the hole and. Pre- are you serious? I can't see any type of way where that's, <laughs> oh, he's so funny. I can't believe it. We got to hang out with you in the summer. No. Might get by you. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Scream. There would be a screenshot for a whole different part. Get this to the warden. Maybe we need to uh, pause this employment for a second, do a background check. Yes, can I add something? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so there is a white woman on the other side, the, the white side, pretty much, uh, who has three offspring by a black male. So this female who was doing the screenshots, she says, oh, looks like we're going to have another blank. And she named the white woman with the the uh, the children from the black male. Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so I was like, wow, man, because I didn't understand at first what they were talking about. And then I looked it up myself, and then I just see this uh, this vehicle with a bunch of lights and, you know, big tires and rims and things like that. So, um, yeah, the warden definitely, I think, uh, has to know about the social media, but the person classified as white. So she definitely wanted to do that. And she was hired in the Curtis power era. So she started in the eighties. So definitely that, yeah, that title to war. So that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get any better than tacky. Now, I mean, even that, the fact that they're sitting around, oh, we got another one. What does that mean? <laughs> got another one. Like, do y'all keep tabs on all the white people who had some sort of offspring with a black person, non-white person? Seems like they got a list, an ignoble list. It didn't sound like they were bragging, like, oh, gosh, here we go again. Just like Susan. Right. Hmm. And her, and her boyfriend is in jail for for slitting the throat of a white woman. Oh, <laughs> the same one. <laughs> the same, the same one. Oh, 
Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Doesn't get any better than tacky. Now, I mean, who would even have that sort of position to be talking with that sort of haughtiness? And you got freaking Michael Myers as your partner where they talked about that, but I guess he's white. So, you know, gold teeth or no, uh, white dude is, is not some black fellow, even white killer, I guess. Jeez. Uh, and that would be another one. White people are not ignorant about racism, white supremacy. Certainly if you got like a tally of all the white people who seem like they might be on some kind of like probationary list or something, for, you know, doing something incorrect in the bedroom. If you got a tally of all that, you're not ignorant about racism. It would just be, you know, what, and he said last week, the white woman was uh, flipping out. Like, I don't think those children are white. I just don't think that. Again, that same thing is everybody here. Why are y'all so concerned with who has an offspring with a non-white person? And then the racial classification of those children. None of that seems related to courthouse activities, but you know, I don't work there. Maybe it is some way. Always uh, an A-plus learning in white supremacy racism, what it is, how it works down at the courthouse. Wow. Cowbells and all. Uh, much obliged caller in Florida. Uh, let's see. Always expect that teaspoon of anti-blackness, though. Make sure I get that in. Like, do not or be prepared not to go tit for tat someone says something or whatever, uh, whatever it is, you're already prepared for that. You know who is most to blame for that. It does not help. It does not solve any problems going tit for tat. And I'm going to get back at this person. If they're really doing something to this bother, you can always, you know, address it with them directly about not doing this, or you can even just go to white people and have them, you know, put a kibosh on it, but no tit for tat going back and forth. Anti-blackness is rife on the plantation. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks, uh, if you have commentary, observations, uh, suggestions you would like to share, uh, last few minutes or so before we are all done, uh, feel free. The number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you have commentary, I'll check the email again as well. Until justice at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for the compensatory call in. Uh, we'll catch up on what has went down over the last week. Uh, Facebook uh, mishaps and all the rest of it. Um, that'll be tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, we should have white guest here on Tuesday. We'll get into all that tomorrow, though, but compensatory, uh, compensatory call in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, other folks, any other suggestions, observations they need to share? Make sure... Everybody is satisfied uh, for the vaccine and COVID-19. Like they said in the reports that we heard, they've had an increase allegedly in the number of people who've been vaccinated. They also have had a lot of reports 
uh, of folks who either are still not or are challenging this, suing. I know right here in Seattle, uh, they said about a third of police officers, which would have to be a hefty number of white people, uh, did not get the vaccine or at least have not provided evidence uh, that they've been vaccinated. Uh, and I haven't heard any reports about they're going to be fired or, you know, thrown off the force. In fact, I think they used the keyword transferred. So we'll see how all of that, you know, continues. I suspect if there are going to be firings and things of that nature, it would probably be black people, non-white people. Uh, it would be difficult for me to see large numbers of white people being fired about this. Uh, but they said, hey, they fired about 1,400 healthcare workers uh, in one part of New York this week about the vaccine. So we shall see how all of that plays out. Uh, if we have folks who are kind of having a way, I know we heard from Mo in Dallas. Uh, if we have folks who are kind of having to figure out, you know, what they're going to do if they want to get the shot, don't want to get the shot, uh, if that's causing some problems in the workplace, let us know. And or just the safety component of all of this. If you're working with people who are not really following the protocols, our caller who wrote in, that type of thing, let us know as all this continues moving into the winter where they've kind of said it's uncertain as to what could happen. Maybe, you know, the, the worst is behind us and better days ahead or now that people are going to be going back inside because it's cold, who knows what impact all that will have? We'll have to see. Uh, but make observations. That's one thing I've said consistently. If you listen to the archives or listening live, uh, let us know what's happening in your workplace uh, setting. Uh, if you are not being mistreated, if you're being treated correctly, not fair, but if you're being treated correctly, great. Hope it continues, you know, forever. Uh, but it would still be a lot to observe in terms of how the other non-white people are treated, functioning, the COVID situation, what are they doing with the vaccine mandates and other protocols. Lots of things to be observant of and report on. There's so many changes and dynamics right now in the workplace. Even if you're working from home or an entrepreneur, uh, be observant, take notes, let us know. We're all trying to strengthen our code and to just be more uh, cognizant of all the different changes that are happening. And there's so much regional variance too, like depending on what part of the the country globe you're in it's vastly different protocols so yeah uh if you're listening archive listening live whatever it is uh make notes share uh at least gusty and i'm sure many others are super curious uh to hear as much as possible about what is happening uh, with regards to labor currently uh everybody satisfied for our friday evening you got everybody We'll assume folks are satisfied for their Friday evening. Uh, again, we will be back in about 24 hours. Uh, hopefully it was worthy of your time and energy this Friday evening. Again, now that the holiday season is coming around, I guess there'll probably be some Halloween antics and all that stuff. Uh, we have folks who might be going to do some Halloween partying. Be very alert. I still would say it's not really a good time for unnecessary travel or partying and getting together to be truthful, but you know, whatever. Uh, I would certainly be super alert and cautious uh, moving through the holiday season. Uh, I would expect craziness all the way through. Sobriety would for sure be best under conditions of white supremacy. We'll need all of our correct faculties to make great, safe, logical decisions. 
Uh, if you are going to go out, be alert. If anybody looks like they're being hostile, rowdy, you should be thinking, this fella could be armed. She, he might have a whole entourage of armed race soldiers in the waiting, ready to kill and maim moments notice. If you didn't leave your residence prepared to kill and or die, exit. That is the word. No verbal confrontations and all that with anybody out in public, white person or non-white person. If you are driving someplace, you are buckled, sober, uh, just doing the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, not on the cell phone. We need all of our attention with as zany as things are currently. All of that said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. No name calling, no gossiping, be mindful of the anti-blackness or expect it and de-escalate. Pal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.